welcome to the Dojo Talk Podcast. Please remove them shoes before entry. Sam Master is here, and you still have not taken off your shoes. Welcome to another edition of the Dojo Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Serial Sensei. We are on episode 114. As always, you can check out this podcast on SoundCloud, YouTube, iTunes. If you're on iTunes, please rate, subscribe, and leave a review. We are also now recently uh, on Spotify, so you can check us out there. Um, we're also on Google Play. Send questions to Dojo Talk Podcast at yahoo.com. Hit us up on Facebook at the Dojo Talk Podcast Facebook page. And as of what, yesterday or two days ago, we are now on Instagram. So you can go to Instagram, follow us at Dojo Talk Podcast. We are there also. Um, I'm not sure <laughs> what the Instagram content will be. I've been trying to post at least a few times a day. Um, pretty much, you know, all, all MMA related stuff. So give us a follow on Instagram. Linton Fussell follows us and he's a fighter. So you should follow us too. That's my sales pitch. Um, so yeah, we are on Instagram. Thank you guys for, for tuning back in. And of course, as always, I'm joined with my co-host, the Anti-Cool. What's going on, man? Uh, not much. Just sensory overload right now. Yeah, it's a lot of, it's a lot of fights. I was literally staring at like three different screens last night. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a lot going on. Like I had yeah, I had Bellator on the right side of my screen. I think I had Invicta on the left side. And then I, you know, UFC came in, they snuck in there. Oh no, the UFC was on first. So luckily, thank God that card started at 8. I was ecstatic. That that was the best way the UFC could have went out on Fox. Like just a short card four fights it, it, it just all worked out so over by 10 o'clock yeah or 10 30 i guess because the main event went long but yeah. yeah and then we had to watch 20 more fights after that or if you chose to watch all of those other fights but um nah man so yeah we will have a lot to talk about today but first uh as always the top listens for the week uh number one city was brooklyn new york uh, coming in at number two, very randomly, Bucharest, Romania. <laughs> coming in at number three, Monticello, New York. Number four, San Francisco, California. And coming in at number five, we got Orlando, Florida. So, shout outs to um, all the listeners. Um, special shout outs to the Tumble listenership. I think the day of reckoning pretty soon, isn't it? It's tomorrow. Oh, man. So, by the time you guys... We'll have heard this. Tumblr will have already dropped a hammer. We might um, not exist anymore on Tumblr. Yeah, well, I yeah. might not. I don't know about you. <laughs> I, I, I'll hang around, you know. I'll, I'll hang around, but... Well, I mean, I might be forced oh. off the site. <laughs> I posted a picture... Uh, I posted the poster for Bellator 213 last night to just let people know it was happening. And I got... It, it got the, um... You know, the red question mark of doom. Jesus. Well, 
Too much Leo nipple, uh, nipple, so. <laughs> Hopefully, because by the time you guys are hear this, it'll probably be the day after Tumblr drops the hammer. But listen, man, if you guys can hear my voice, if you're out there, um, if you were following us on Tumblr, if, if this goes in the worst way and everybody flees, man, follow us on all other socials. Like I said, I'm on Twitter, at Serial Sensei, Anti-Cools on Twitter. Um, we're both on Instagram, I believe. Um, yes we're, yeah we're on uh, we're on other platforms so i'll leave i'll have all of the links in the description so you can know where to follow us if you if tumblr blows up and everybody has to evacuate the building we're still on facebook as well yeah so like we ain't going nowhere yeah every other platform where we're pretty much on but i, I hope the tumblr thing works out we know you guys are the the, the core the core base but if, if everybody has to flee you know we're, we're we're still other places so but uh shout out to tumblerish and the ship everybody on twitter um, all you good folks uh so like we said earlier man there, there were a lot of fights this weekend there were like four five cards going on but before we get to the fights uh you know news and notes for the week not really a super busy week um a couple of interesting fights booked but not not a, one of the slower uh, news weeks. But I'll just uh, start from the top. Uh, one big, uh, uh, one of I would say two, possibly three big fights announced. Though I I reserve my excitement for this fight. But uh, Cain Velasquez, after I don't know however long he's been gone, some years now. Um, July twenty seventeen. Really, it's only been that long. Because he fought um, Travis Brown there, didn't he? I can't remember. It feels like it's been so long. <laughs> like it, it feels like it's 2016. been 2016. Like, yeah, I was going to say, it's had to been like two years. Yeah, because he, he has been out for a while, man. But um, allegedly, Cain Velasquez is back. And there's no tune-up fights, man. Cain uh, Velasquez versus Francis Ngannou is, uh, I believe, pretty much the ufc on espn one headline so that's that's going down and uh, assuming <laughs> and like i said I'm, I'm reserving my excitement for this fight um but assuming kane can make that walk that's that's going to be a, a interesting it's an interesting matchup um but K- kane's an animal man like that's that's crazy that after two years off that's your comeback fight <laughs> but from what yeah. I understand, he was in, like, negotiations with the UFC the whole, like, for most of, like, the back half of this year. So I'm assuming he asked for a certain amount of money, and the UFC's like, fine, we're going to make you work for it, though. Okay. Got to gotta, gotta earn your keep. I mean, I get it, because he's been, you know, he's... But, and, yeah, and, like, he, he hasn't been around. Like, they, pay him, they paid him all this money, and, you know, he absconds to the hospital. Yeah. Well, Cain Velasquez, Francis Ngannou, that's that's a wild heavyweight fight if that indeed happens. So that's, you know, that's that's definitely a way to set off the ESPN card. Um, moving down, another big fight announcement. Uh, Jose Aldo versus Hanato Moicano going down on UFC on ESPN Plus 2 in Brazil. That's a really interesting, should be a really fun fight. Definitely, definitely looking forward to that one. Um, another fight that I don't believe is official, but it's in the works, and it seems like it's going to happen. Uh, Zabit Magomed Sharapov 
We'll get to see him again against Jeremy Stevens. Um, that fight is in the works for UFC 235. So keep an eye out on that. That should be a really fun scrap if, if that does indeed happen. Um, Joseph Benavidez versus Dustin Ortiz also will be on the UFC on ESPN plus one card. Um, Aljamain Sterling and Jimmy Rivera will be running their fight back on the UFC on ESPN. Uh, Jimmy Crute versus Ryan Spann going down on UFC 234. Interesting fight. Two young uh, 205ers going at it. Uh, this next fight is the battle of two of the most <laughs> unluckiest fighters I've ever seen in my life. Hennen <laughs> and Burrell and Luke Sanders going down on UFC on ESPN. I have no idea who to pick in that fight. Um, catastrophe. <laughs> just like yeah like I, 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 it's like a coin flip it's just yeah. like who fucks up more cause that uh, god I wanna pick Luke so bad like, it's a fight Luke should probably win just by virtue of being less shot He like he's been touched a couple times but yeah like I could also see Anaparak just freaking catching him cold yeah that's, that's gonna be an interesting fight but that'll be on the UFC on ESPN card. I'm um, I'm kind I'm kind of curious how the ESPN thing's gonna go, because it, it seems like I, I don't know like if this is the UFC like okay we have to put our best foot forward like we did with Fox at the beginning, or if this is like ESPN being like, doing like card control because if you watch any of their boxing they don't really do card control there or they haven't. Um, so like I'm curious because if the ESPN's like no you're gonna give us Kane Velasquez and Francis Ngannou or like ESPN's like hey you can't just put um well, I don't know who's the co-main event of USC on ESPN plus one like if if that if that's the case that we so these pay, like we're, we're probably gonna get a bunch of really good like ESPN plus ESPN cards and the bunch of really watered down uh, pay-per-views yeah it's gonna be interesting it, to see how like yeah how, how they're gonna shape a lot of these cards because yeah, yeah with espn you have i think you kind of have to bring like your best foot forward and it's and, like it's not like the ufc doesn't have the depth to make every espn card great it's the 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 problem is comes when like the UFC's like, Oh, we're gonna do UFC on Fight Pass and oh, we had to cancel a pay per view because we couldn't find another title fight, but we're still gonna do twelve. <clears throat> we're just gonna jam two into the same month at the end of the year. Like they've been doing now. But yeah. like I don't think they're gonna be able to get away with having like Paige Van Zant versus Rachel Ostovich in the main event on ESPN plus even. So like, I think ESPN is going to want high-ranked fighters. And it'll be interesting to see the UFC try to make that happen. It, it, like, so, it'll be interesting. What I'm saying is, I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. 2019 will be another interesting chapter in this sport. Like, we're, 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 moving, we're moving on to the next season. <laughs> You know, ESPN is going to be like, this has to be a real sport. And then like six months in, they're going to be like, why are all these guys getting hurt or testing positive? <laughs> like, and then they're stuck with like Jan Blahovich, Jimmy Manuel 3 as a main event on ESPN. 
Oh, man. <laughs> they, they, they just shred the contract by the third card. They're like, listen, man, this isn't... Like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> this, well, well, this card started off with with a, a, a lightweight title fight. And now <laughs> Joe Proctor is fighting freaking Masaranduba in the co-main event. What happened? <laughs> we'll see, man. Next year's going to be fun. Um, bad. Every time I'm like, who's the, who's the nameless... My way, I feel like I always go to Joe Proctor. <laughs> I should be like Joe Proctor. Huh, so shout out to Joe. <laughs> yeah, if you're listening to this show, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's nothing not personal. But you but... gotta admit, I'm right. <laughs> Next fight, uh, Mickey Gall continues. It's like every call out he wants, he gets. So, Mickey Gall versus Diego Sanchez is gonna be a thing at UFC 235. It's almost um, like the matchmakers are like, hey, this is kind of a story. Let's put this fight together. Yeah. It, it, maybe maybe some of these other fighters should, you know, learn. I mean, like, at this point, I can't even be mad at Mickey. Like, he's, I think he, he's observing the game. He's seeing how it works. And it's, hey, man, if they, if they, if, if you keep getting, if you keep wanting shout outs and they just keep giving them to you, I mean. Uh, why not? Yeah, why not? Go, go pluck off an old guy. Even though Diego Sanchez did turn away the last youngin. Uh, so in, all fa- in all fairness, what's his name was not exactly um, good. He was decent. He was okay. I, I forgot um, his name already. I did too. I just remember he wears Goku shorts. Craig White. There we <laughs> go. Hey, we, we call Craig White like a youngin, but like... He is 28, but he also has, like, 30 fights or something. He's also a god-awful wrestler. Yeah, Diego, yeah, Diego definitely, uh, big, big brodom. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see if Mickey Gall can, uh, dispatch the old line, so to speak. Uh, last fight announcement, at least for the UFC that I have, is Vicente Luque and Brian Barberina will be going down to the UFC Phoenix card on February 17th. Um, other UFC news, um, so this UFC 233 card is just kind of in shambles, so it's canceled now, so that's not a thing anymore. There were a lot of other fights I could have written down, because since UFC 233 got canceled, they've pretty much been scattering all of those fights from that card and moving them to other cards, but it was way too many to keep up with, so just, if you go look at what was supposed to be on UFC 233... A lot of those fights are still happening. They've just been shuffled around to other cards. So some of them might end up in February, March, or whenever. It's a lot of them, though. It was too many to really keep track of. But um, So just, just make note of that. All the, a lot of the UFC 233 fights have just been shuffled to other cards. Um, and the last fight announcement I have uh, actually comes from Bellator. Uh, Andre Korshkov will be coming back. Uh, against Lorenzo Larkin, and that will be going down at a Bellator event at March 29th. So that's pretty much all I got for uh, fight news. Uh, real quick, I guess before we move on, uh, how you feel about the Aldo and Moicano fight? I'm I'm happy for Moicano. Um, he he wanted this fight like a lot. You could tell he, it was his call after he beat Qatar. Um, I don't know, like I, I like. Aldo should win. I, th- I think he. I think he's got like a little bit more in the tank. I think he 
Uh, I don't think Moicano presents the same problems that uh, Holloway does besides just being long. Like, I don't think he has the pace, but he, he is a really good counterpuncher. Like, so uh, it should be a good fun fight. Um, it'll really tell us where Moicano's at. It'll tell us how much Aldo has left and, like, I don't know. Like, what's interesting about that fight is that that fight's in Brazil, right? Uh, yep. Yeah. So, the UFC's going to Brazil, and the top two, uh, the co-main and the main event are Brazilian versus Brazilian fights. Which is something they've kind of not been keen to do in the past, because people, uh, uh, it's, it's easier to get... Uh, I guess booking-wise, from their perspective, it's always been easier to get Brazilian crowns more interested when a Brazilian is fighting a foreigner, because you know they have that nationalism to fall back on. But like here, it's just like okay, we're we're giving you two Brazilian uh, two fights between Brazilians in the main event, so that'll be interesting. As long as it results in violence, I'm all for it. <laughs> yeah. Definitely all for it. No, I really like that matchup too. That's gonna be a. Yeah, I think you're right. It'll see. We'll we'll see how much of Aldo is. I think Aldo has a little bit more left in the tank. I think than some of us think. Like, I don't know if he has enough for like a title run. But I think he has at least bare minimum enough where he'll give you a fun fight night in and night out. He may not win them all. You know, but. I think he can still hang with some of the top guys. Like the only like the only guy I don't see him beating is Max Holloway. Like I think he would beat um, Brian Ortega. Like he, or his game is still complete enough to the point where I don't think Ortega is just going to be able to walk him down and then bait him into the um the the head the snap down. Yeah, I, I agree. So I, I yeah he he'll be able to. He he can hang with those guys, and I I still I don't know I kind of want to see him still go to lightweight, but I don't know I guess he he keeps making weight, and there are some new featherweights emerging, so I guess I'm not really mad. There there's still some fun fights for him regardless wherever he goes. Yeah, but uh yeah that's uh pretty much it for news and notes. Like I said, not not really the busiest um, news week. So that said. We have a lot of fights to talk about. Um, you know what? Actually, I didn't plan on starting with this fight first, but because I know you watched it and I did not, um, talk to the people about <laughs> this Canelo uh, Rocky Fielding fight that I believe only went three rounds. It went three rounds, and Rocky Fielding got knocked down like four times. All on body shots. <laughs> Like, he kept looking to his corner, and his corner kept telling him to get up, but you could tell by the look at his face, he's like, are you guys going to do anything? Please call off the fight. (laughs) (laughs) Please throw in the towel. Uh, I give it something. He went out there, he did his best, but, like, he just just kept getting knocked down. Like, Canelo would... Uh, uh, push him back along the ropes and just go to town on his body. And, uh, like, Fielding is a fine 168-pounder, but he is no Caleb Smith. It's not Andre Ward back in the day. 
if we're being honest, he probably shouldn't be having. He should, probably shouldn't have a title on him. Um, and he probably wouldn't if it wasn't for Eddie Hearn. Like, so, yeah. Now, but now Canelo's a three division, uh, three division champion. And he, but he's probably has no. He's probably not sticking around at one sixty eight. He's probably going to go back to middleweight. This was just a way for him to make his debut on um on the zone, get some like subscribers in before twenty nineteen comes around. And we'll see him again in May. Hopefully against somebody a little bit more compelling. Yeah, I was gonna say I because I, I, I like I said, I I watch boxing but I don't keep up with it as closely as I do like MMA and right. other combat sports. So like what is this what is this really leading to for him? Like, who 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 is the next person that should be in his crosshair? All right. So, the ne- well, I mean, the next person is the one everybody. Wants. It's the third Golovkin fight. That's what we all want. Um, from th- this is just um, some some stuff I saw from some boxing journalists on Twitter. But apparently, um, Golden Boy Promotions and uh, Tom Woffler, who is Gennady Golovkin's promoter. Both have the uh, the coveted Cinco de Mayo weekend. Um, that Saturday, that uh, booked for the same arena. Um, and there's talk that Glovkin is really close to signing with uh to with um with the zone as you know his primary uh you know uh, destination, mm. but it, talk is picked up that you know with espn and showtime and i'm wondering if he's just using that as leverage to get more money out of them but um yeah that's the fight we all want um what it looks like they were doing is they were going to sub uh canelo versus david lemieux but david lemieux couldn't make weight Uh, he was supposed to fight on the same the undercard on uh saturday and he could not make weight for his fight with Terror, uh, was it uh, Tor, uh, Tor, God, I can never pronounce his name, uh, Tornero Johnson, something like that. So the fight got called off. Um, so that's probably out the window. Um, if he wants to stick around as super middleweight, like Caleb Smith is right there. Uh, just won the World Boxing Super Series super middleweight championship. Um, you know, there's that for him. Let's see. Just look at the rankings real quick. Um, Joey told me that uh, Oscar De La Hoya said no to the Danny Jacobs fight for May. And where it is, Danny Jacobs is signing with uh, Eddie Hearn. So I'm I'm thinking Eddie Hearn's going to use take uh, Danny Jacobs in like March or April for to fill in one of his like 32 fight commitments for DAZN. Um, I don't like Demetrius Andrade. Uh, is a possibility he fights for the zone. He fights on the zone, I think. Uh, or his last fight was on the zone, at least. Um, who else? Uh, well, Rob Brandt just signed with ESPN in top rank, so that's probably out the window. So, like, yeah, it's, it's the Glovkin fight, basically. That's what people want. That's what all his fights from now until the third one happens, they're going to build to. But it's also, like, I just found this out the other day. Um, Eddie Hearn, uh, Anthony Joshua's promoter, was talking about how pay-per-view is dead 
and in a year's time, like nobody's gonna be able to charge seventy five dollars to watch world class fighters fight because you know the zone has Canelo and Anthony Joshua and, and shit. Hmm. But he he dropped this little nugget that Anthony Joshua actually has equity in the zone. And for like again, the zone isn't just boxing; it's also like soccer, the UFC, in certain parts of the world. Um, like they they had football and the back for like foreign countries. Like so, Joshua's drawing money off of all those, all that too. So I'm thinking Canelo is also doing that. Like you know, they offer Canelo part of like stake in the company. And, um, so th- that's just something I found really interesting. Hey, man. Other fight? Well, <laughs> I don't know how. I, probably got to be a pretty big fighter, though. Not not everybody can probably get that kind of, uh, I don't know, maybe get, oh, like, that opportunity. Like, yeah, they're not going to go out here and, yeah, yeah, they're not going to go out here and offer, like, Alexander Usyk stock in the zone just because, yeah. like. Just, yeah, just because, yeah, you got to get out of here. But, <laughs> Uh, I, I, another thing, um, like the the zone is a worldwide platform, not like HBO or Showtime or anything like that. I, I, it's not available in every country. I think it's only available in like thirteen, fourteen, or something. Like, but like, I think the idea is, especially with Callum Smith, is they want to make Canelo an international star, which would you know be to his benefit. And I think that's part of the reason that why they got um they they, they got Rocky Fielding and from the UK to go fight MSG. Um I'm how do I put this? I'm uh the zone that isn't like available in the UK, which is where they're headquartered, which is really weird to me. But if they're going to break into like Mexico and they're going to break into the UK, they have all the tools to do it now. So it should be. We'll see what happens. That's where your office is in the middle of the UK. Somebody walks by and I'm like, "What's the zone?" Like, "Oh, this isn't for you." <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like, well, it's like ABA, like the uh, associ- the International Boxing Association for amateur boxers. Like, they're not allowed. In Switzerland, but they're not allowed to own a bank in Switzerland, like own a bank account in Switzerland, because the the, the fucking president is a crime lord, like a Russian oligarch crime lord who's involved in like international grand larceny and like money laundering and crap and like the drug trade and it's just like what are you doing? You you elected this man president, like his own. You you chose London. You could have chose one of the countries you actually have been. <laughs> but, whatever. Yeah, so, so such is life. Such is life. But, yeah. Oh, well, I should also, I also oh. point this out. Um, because I saw it on Twitter and people were, like, repeating it. So, you know, uh, Canelo signed a deal. It was, like, was it $365 million over 10 years, uh, over 10 fights or whatever. This was not part of that. Uh, I mean, it, I mean, it was. It was, but, like. He didn't get $32 million to go beat up Rocky Fielding for three rounds. He got like $15, 16000000 million, which is probably way, still way too much. But for this, that, uh, that it, it was actually half of what it would have been. I think he just wanted to get another fight in. 
So just putting that out there before we move on. So easy money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, so yep, that fight happened. Canelo beat the brakes off of Rocky. Um, so we'll be covering uh about four cards today, partially. Um, but since we're covering so many cards and like it's just impossible to get to everybody, I uh, will mostly just be talking about main cards. I'll give shout outs to prelim fighters, um, as I see fit or if hey, I we, we say we'll most when we say we're mostly talking about like main card fights. Is that about the ones we watched? Yeah, we watch all of them. <laughs> yeah, so say some of these. Yeah, some of these I didn't watch. Some I'll read the results of everything, but you know we'll just cover what we like actually saw. Right. Um, so uh, I'll I'll start quickly with Invicta FC thirty three. Um, won't be able to cover a lot of this card because I didn't. I was watching this the same time Bellator was on, and I was so I couldn't divert my full attention to either. But either way. Uh, Victor FC 33 went down last night. Uh, it was one of the cards that was on while everybody was seemingly simultaneously being head kicked and punched at the same time somewhere in the country. Uh, but this was headlined by, by a rematch of Jin Frey and Mina Grusander. Um Main event was actually pretty good. Um, this fight was much more entertaining than the first one. Um, there was blood flowing, I think, within like the first round. Uh, Sonder got like a like a nose or something busted. Um, it was a nice back and forth scrap, pretty entertaining fight. Um, I can't argue against the decision. Um, they ended up giving it to Euphrey again. She won via split decision. Uh, Scorecards were 48-47, 48-47, and 47-48. Um, but no, it was a close fight, back and forth on the feet, on the ground. Um, I think they both made it a point to both just kind of pushed the pace more because in that first fight, there wasn't like a ton really going on. So I, I think they both were really trying to assert themselves. Um, they, they both had good moments. I believe they both hurt each other. Um, but Jin Frey retained her Adam White title uh, in a split decision. Uh, so that was uh, that fight. I don't know. Did you get a chance to watch that one? I did not get I, uh, the Grusender uh, Frey fight. I did not watch the whole thing. Um, yeah, it, it was kind of like in the middle of everything. I think, uh, the Bellator co-main event or main event has started. Uh, Canelo and Rocky were just getting started too. So I don't think I watched the whole thing. I, I, I did see them knock each other around. Like Frey seemed like she got hurt like multiple times early in that fight. So it looked like a good scrap. Yeah, it was a good scrap. So if you got fight pass. Uh, go go back and watch this card. It was pretty good. Uh, I'll read some of these results, and I'll give shout-outs as I see fit. Uh, Daniel Taylor, uh, former UFC fighter, defeated uh, Montserrat Ruiz uh, via usision, uh, unanimous decision. Uh, Kay Hansen defeated Sharon, Jacob, Sharon Jacobson uh, via submission armbar in round three. That fight looked pretty fun, but like I said, I was, I was, something else was on while that was on. But I'll go back and watch that fight. I remember that fight looked, being pretty, pretty entertaining. Um, a fight that I was really looking forward to and I saw, but like I said, I was half dividing my attention because I had like three different screens up. Uh, Alicia Zapatella, who was a prospect that I've hyped on here before, um, she defeated Amber Brown via unanimous decision. Um, I just remember there was a lot of wrestling. Like Zapatella, <laughs> she's like four foot ten, but she like she never stops moving. Like it's always forward pressure. Um, I, I, I actually like that because I feel like 
I feel like a lot of fighters are small and like they fight like they don't know they're small. Like you can't be like four ten and trying to fight from the outside. Like that's it's just not gonna work. Are you gonna t- how are you gonna call Daniel Taylor like that? <laughs> <laughs> so, I appreciate the fact that Zapatella knows she's small and probably any fight she gets in, she's not gonna have a reach advantage. She's not going to have a size advantage, so she knows she needs to get in her opponent's face. Um, so I, I just remember like a lot of takedowns and scrambles in that fight. Um, it seemed like it was pretty entertaining. Um, and uh, Zapatella won a uh, unanimous decision, 29-28 across the board. So shout-outs to her, somebody to um, keep an eye on in his victor. Uh, rounding out that main card uh, was Brianna uh, Van Buren defeating Jamie Moyle uh, via unanimous decision. Also, um, I didn't... I didn't get a chance to watch this one, but I heard Van Buren had a really good performance because this was. Oh yeah, uh, she was picking the... up and slamming Moyo like just domination. Yeah, because the scorecards it's thirty twenty seven and a thirty twenty six. And it makes it all the more impressive that um that Moyo came in like ten pounds overweight. Mm. Like she, this fight was a, supposed to be a strawweight, and Jamie Moyo came in at one hundred twenty five pounds. Extra weight didn't help. Nope. You gotta... <laughs> it just kind of showed that she didn't train for this fight. Yeah. <laughs> so that was uh the main card. Um, I'm I'm uh, uh well, I'll say because I want to do my shout out. That's one of the undercards, so I won't say the undercard. Um, but that was Invicta FC 33. So um, go give that a watch if you have Fight Pass. Um, Jenny Frey, Mina Gusanda too. Good card. Go watch the ladies throw down. Uh. Pretty entertaining card. I think this is pretty sure this was their last one of the year. I think. Yes. I would assume. So, you know, they finished out pretty strong. Nice card to end on, and they'll be back next year. You know, throwing down like they always do. So that was Invicta FC 33. I wonder if we'll ever get Invicta Boxing, which we were promised like two years ago. Oh, that was supposed to be. I don't know if they can. Well, you know, I'm not gonna say I don't know if they can do it. Um. I don't know. Does that mean they end up like one FC? Like, you just have a random boxing match? <laughs> oh, no, they were supposed to do like two separate promotions so that they could oh. get these women more fights and like keep them, like get them more paychecks and stuff, but I don't know. Let's see what's going to happen. Uh, we'll, we'll see what the future holds next year. Um, that would be a good platform for them, but yeah, I forgot that was supposed to be a thing. But um, moving on. To Bellator, Bellator 212. Um, this card actually went down, I want to say Friday night. Um, the anticipated rematch of a fight that I didn't think was ever going to happen. Uh, <laughs> Brent Primus and Michael Chandler, too. I uh, think this fight, got re- this fight was rebooked like twice and it fell apart both times. Something like that. Uh, but finally happened. We got it before the end of the year. It became a real thing. Um... So the fight was actually, it was entertaining but one-sided. Um, it's kind of weird because Primus did a lot of things in the fight that I liked, but Lord, he could not defend takedowns to, to defend it, to to save his life. Um, like he 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 was doing a lot of leg kicks in the first round that I thought were good. Um, you know, there were no no bad nerve moments. He didn't have any of those, but like he was working his leg kicks uh, a lot. And I, I wish that was something he would have kept doing, but I think he did get dropped in the first. Um, it's kind of crazy because Chandler was kind of he was kind of just winging punches, man. Like 
Primus was trying to be sharp. And Chandler looked like he was just kind of out for blood. But he, he rocked Primus in the first. Um, second round, Primus did come back. He caught um he caught Chandler with a nice left hook that dropped him. But after that left hook, and I think like a little bit of ground and pound, he ended up getting reversed. And that was like Primus's last good moment. <laughs> Pretty much in that entire fight. Like, like I said, he was able to get off leg kicks. But that was pretty much it. Like, Chandler was winging punches, catching them with power shots, and just takedowns. He was getting takedowns just at will, anytime he wanted. Just get a single leg, you're going down. Like, there was no resistance. And he just kind of he just kind of took Primus down and, and beat him up. Uh, and went on to a unanimous decision. And he is now a uh, three-time Bellator lightweight champion. And I want to say this win, he tied... Um, he tied Patricio yeah. with most wins in Bellator, which I feel like, man, like this fight, the story is just writing itself. <laughs> like, <laughs> this, Patricio and Chandler needs to be a thing in 2019. Like, they, they both have the most, they're, they're tied for the most wins. They're two of Bellator's, like, all-time greatest champions. We, we got to make this happen. I mean, who it, else is Chandler going to fight? Right. And if you watch Patricio on, on Twitter, you know, he is not shy. <laughs> he called out a couple of people. He has some words from AJ McKee, too, <laughs> on, uh, after, after McKee won. But, um, yeah, man, Ch- Chandler and Patricio has to become a thing. Like, give, 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 give the people what they deserve. But that was the main event. Um, so, yeah, I know you said you didn't, uh, you didn't get a chance to... To catch it, but yeah, it was just a one side beatdown. Like the the first two rounds were competitive. After that, Chandler Chandler going Chandler. So that's how that went down. Um, co-main event: uh, Javi Ayala and Frank Mir. This I did see. Ooh, this um, you know what was wild? So I didn't watch any of this card in real time because um, I have to work early Saturday morning, so I can't. I, I sadly can't did. Yeah. <laughs> so and I, if the if Bellator pushed any of their fighters half as hard as they pushed the military, or what was it called? <laughs> um, I, I don't remember what the the acronym stands for, but MVP was the or, the charity organization they were doing the salute for the uh, the salute for the troops show for. If they push any of their fighters half as hard as they pushed those two organizations, they, they, their ratings not might not be shit. Like, this was a four-hour show. There were only, like, four or five fights on the whole card, and one of them <laughs> went, like, three minutes. Oh, boy. Yeah, I heard you guys who watched live. Main event didn't start till about one in the morning. They definitely pulled, like, a FS1 card on Bellator, which is not a good look. Not a good look. Um, the, like, the worst part, like... Oh my god, like, these long profiles on, like, fighters, like, not fighters, like, people who were, like, in the military, and, like, then they came home, and they had depression, so they started going to the gym, and eventually they opened their own gym, and then they were teaching other vets to not have depression, it was like, dude, this is a fight card, this isn't, like, the WWE, I don't need you to show me your, um... Your, 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 like, make-a-wish contributions. Like, 
I'm, 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 like I'm sure the troops want to see fights. They don't want to like I'm, they 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 don't need. I was gonna say because the UFC does well. They, do they do those anymore? Because they used to do the fight for the troops. They, right? they did, but like and like they would highlight like all, like some of these groups and like they would be like and they would be like you know they'd have all the fighters shoot promos like thanking uh, the military for the service and everything, but like. Yeah, theirs didn't run like eight hours. Yeah, like, yeah. They, like they, theirs was like within like they they fit the the they fit it around their actual programming. They didn't make right. it like the fights felt incidental on the Bellator show. It was like this is a military like piece. It felt like I was watching Transformers again. <laughs> like it's just product placement and like advertising. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't also, it also, the we have a lightweight title fight on the card, on on the yeah. show. Well, I mean, l- luckily, well, it's probably easier for me to say this because I didn't watch it in real time. Luckily, the fights were entertaining because I think it would have been worse had this like went till one thirty in the morning and like these fights been trash. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't very entertaining. If you're a Frank Mir fan. You know what? Especially if you're his daughter, who was sitting Ooh. cage side. Yeah. But but you know what though? And I'll say this because I, I I saw the highlight of this fight. Like I, I literally just saw the finish. So, and I didn't rewatch the full fight until this morning. But like when I saw the highlight, in my mind I was like, oh, Frank Mir must have got mauled this fight because I like saw all that blood on his face, and I was like, oh, this must have been terrible. And then I watched the fight, and I was like, he didn't look half bad to me. Like, to where the old as he is, he looked, he looked decent, at least in the first round, and about quarter of the second. Um, <laughs> like, I mean, first round, he, he's bouncing around. He's, 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 he's being Frank Mir. He, he gets a takedown. Um, he, he's in pretty good control, of, from what I remember, most of the first round. And then the second round was somewhat more the same, maybe about a quarter in, and then things kind of went left. Um, I think it was an elbow that opened him up. Yeah. And he, like, he just never, all that blood just started flowing, and it's like he never really recovered from it. And, I mean, props to Ayala, because he got, he got caught in some bad spots on the ground with Mir, and he managed to, he managed to get back up. And he just started letting elbows go. He started doing work in the clinch. And next thing I know, Mir's face is just, blood is flowing everywhere. It's not looking too good. I didn't even notice that he lost his mouthpiece. I don't know what part of the fight that happened in. But because <laughs> when he got KO'd, he did not have his mouthpiece in. And he was holding his teeth like he thought he lost something. Um, he just so I'm swallowed assuming, it. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm assuming his mouthpiece went over yonder at some point. Um, but nah, it, yeah, man, he, he got, that's rough. Like, your daughter's in your corner, and he, he got battered in that second round, man. Um, you see, I wanted it to be, like, a teaching moment where, like, after he subs uh, along the fence, like, after he, like, taps along the fence and strikes, he kind of just turns to his daughter and like, is this the life you want? Because <laughs> you know the, the, the whole reason she was there is because he's, he's like, oh, she want, she's a linebacker for, like, her high school. And, like, you know, she's a tomboy, and she wants to be a pro fighter. And I brought her along just to show her what, like, the chaos of being a pro fighter is like. And it was like, damn. I feel like you could have oh, taught yeah. this lesson without almost dying. 
Uh, you saw the worst of the worst. <laughs> like, uh, it, it, yeah, it was worse than Amber Brown's daughter. Because like, she was there for her fight. Ooh. You could hear her screaming for her mother to get up. Yeah, it was. Mind you, Amber Brown's I, daughter is like eight. If I that. mean, at least, at least for Mir, she saw him. He, he he had moments. At least he didn't completely get mauled. He he. Uh, she saw him be good for some portion of the fight. Yeah. Until he it's until not, he wasn't. It's not. It wasn't like Coleman getting his face beat in by Fedor. Yeah, it could have been worse in front of it, his it, kids. But you, you know what? I'll, I'll give Mir props though. Like. Imagine if Frank Mir brings his like teenage daughter into the cage. the cage, is like, "Hey, kid, this is Javier Ayala," <laughs> and she forces him to shake her his hand. I was gonna say she tries to like roundhouse kick him. <laughs> <laughs> like I, once upon a time, a couple years ago, like I hated Frank Mir, and I probably would have made fun of him for this fight, but I don't hate Frank Mir anymore, so I'm not gonna bash him. And I, I gave I gave him props for tapping the strikes, because I just seeing the old guys get beat up, like it just. I'm glad you got out of there. I'm glad you did not try to tough that out and then drag on a fight that probably didn't need to go on any longer. Premier um, uh, seems like the type of guy to realize that once the bell rings, he's getting his paycheck no matter what. So. Because <laughs> like, had that fight kept going on, that could have gotten worse. Oh yeah. Yeah, that it, it, it was not getting any better anytime Mm-mm. soon. Yeah, so I'm glad he knew his own strength. Get out of there, man. Your, your daughter doesn't need to see. She saw enough at that point. That, that was more than enough. But, I mean, on the other hand, man, props to Ayala. You got, I think everybody wants, like, that big veteran win on their record. And so. he's got two of them now. Because he beat Sergey Carrera uh, uh, Sada. Oh, yeah, yeah. He did, he did. So he's just going so, through all the old dudes. So, like, Javier Oliver's Fedor. Let's go. <laughs> so, shout out to Javier. That's, that's a big it's a big win. And like I said, way to come back. Like I said, in that first round, he was getting he was getting taken down and, and, and getting put in bad spots. And he found a way to get out. He starts blasting elbows, and he pretty much turned the, the tide of the fight. So uh, props to him. Uh, he won via submission of strikes in round two. Uh, moving on. AJ McKee, uh, Daniel Crawford. I want to say Crawford was a champ in another organization, but I cannot remember which one. Was it Bama? That's even true. I think it was Bama. Um, I don't remember a ton of this fight other than clinch work against the fence. Uh, I think Crawford went for a ride. He got slammed, and then he ended up catching an anaconda choke for his troubles. Fight didn't last that long anyway. He got choked out in round one. Yeah. Yeah, no, I talk about really at all. Like, McKee got another layup coming off a fight where he actually won against somebody like really impressive. So, eh, step in the wrong direction, but he's twenty three. What are you gonna do, right? Yeah, I was I was gonna say, um, Pitbull had some words for him on Twitter after this fight. Well, Pitbull was upset that they were advertising like McKee as having like the longest streak ever. But in the same token, like you you figure like the set first seven, eight, nine fights of your career are always going to be tra- against like trash opponents because you're like on the regional scene. So 
but McKee's been fighting in Bellator since he became a pro fighter, so kind of evens out, you know? Yeah. Are, on that same token, though, do, do you want to see uh, a step up now? Yes. Uh, dude, dude, why not? McKee versus Pitbull. Like, who, who else is there? We'll get no argument from me. Like, I'm, like <laughs> I'm actually trying to think about it now. Like, I don't know what Strauss is up to. Don't need to see, like, a fifth or sixth fight between those two. Daniel Vichel's lost twice now. I, I don't even know if Pat Curran's still fighting. Like, I, I have no idea what's up with him. Like, my mind is completely blank. Well, that that fight was booked, right? At one point, and they was it. Curran was booked for some fight. Curran hasn't like, fought since twenty seventeen. I I swear he was booked for a fight like this year, and then and I thought it was against McKee, and he got and he had to pull out. I might. Yeah, he was supposed to fight McKee. Yeah, I still would like to see that fight, but yeah, like you said, yeah, Curran at this point he's. Huh. God kind of war torn. Yeah, like yeah. Sanchez is probably going to need well, not probably. He's going to need an, uh, a few bounce back fights before he fights for a title again. Um, uh, yeah, I don't like. I mean, you know what though? Because it's either yeah. Pitbull or it's like Sam Cecilia, and I don't think anybody cares to see him fight Sam Cecilia. So this 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 sets up the the Chandler Pitbull fight even more because now it's like. Chandler gets the the Primus monkey off his back, and it's not like it was a close fight. Right. He, he, he kind of dominated. Do McKee and Pitbull, you get you give your young guy a chance to see if he can really pull it off. He, if he can pull off the big one, Pitbull sends him back down. They've both pretty much wiped out their divisions like two times over. You know, this this this, like I said, Ch- Chandler Pitbull is just it keeps writing itself. So maybe that'll happen. But either way, AJ McKee defeated uh, uh, Daniel Crawford via Anaconda Choke in the first round. Uh, moving on, uh, this fight you'll have to talk about because I was stupid and forgot that this was on the main card, so I did not <laughs> rewatch it, and I feel dumb. But uh, uh, talk about the uh, Juliana Vas- uh, Velasquez and uh, Alejandro Lara fight. Velasquez looks like a like a like a legit. Um... Uh, flyweight prospect and Alejandro Lara compar- uh, she, she showed a pretty really good account of herself like uh, she she fought all, she fought hard all three rounds she never stopped moving she landed like some really nice kicks um, kicks the strike combinations actually but like Velasquez is just was just like the better grappler um, she was in I don't, I don't know if she ever made the Olympics, but she was a national team judo uh, Brazilian team member. So she was on like, the national team. She competed in international competitions with them. Um, but we're really, like, and she's a very Muay Thai style fighter. She's like a very Muay Thai style fighter. She likes to march down behind the guard. But like, she has a really good understanding of distance um, and like shot placement. So like she she was really tearing into um, Lara's body. That's actually how she knocked out Rebecca Ruth in her last fight. Um, just never got. Th- despite being the judoka, she never got like to. Like, she was never just winging punches in hopes of like grabbing a, a grabbing on and like, going for a takedown. She kept her distance. Um, 
was really like she was really accurate, which surprised me. Like, which she committed with the right hand she normally would land, um, and it was a really good fight. Probably the best fight. I, I can't say this for sure. It was probably the best fight in the card. Maybe uh, others preferred like Cecilia Campos, but um, no, like Velasquez looks like a real. I, I want to say contender, but like she's obviously next in line for title. Like but she looks like a legit lucha flyweight prospect. Well, I'll have to go back and uh, peep that since I uh, I missed out, but. <laughs> Shout outs to, uh, to Velasquez. Uh, she won uh, via split decision. And rounding out this main card was uh, Sam Cecilia and Derek Campos. Um, if you want a nice rock'em sock'em robot back and forth fight, uh, this will this will give you your fix. Uh, yeah, they 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 both pretty much just came out and threw hands. Um, Cecilia was doing really good in like the first half of the fight like he was landing a lot of good combinations a lot of power shots uppercuts all that good stuff um i felt like he started to gas later in the fight and compost started to pour it on a bit more but uh i think on compost's case it was, was kind of one of those too little too late um kind of deals but no nah, it was a really good fight both dudes just winging back and forth just kind of throwing i want to say if i remember correctly campos uh I remember if he got a takedown later in the fight. I believe so. I think he. I think yeah. I think he started because Sam Cecilia wasn't going for any takedowns. He was just throwing hands. Yeah. Um, so we're you know, we're so wise. Like if somebody's hitting you repeatedly with uppercuts, like straight up the middle, don't go to like a high guard where you have your hands on your forehead and your elbows out and you're trying to like block punch like block punches like as if they were teeing off on your head. Like it's an uppercut. He's coming up the middle of your guard. Like just move. <laughs> like I'm not. I'm not trying to make it sound simpler than it is. Like you know, timing and all that other stuff. But like, covering up is probably the worst thing you could do. So you know, move. Like just disengage. You know, figure some things out and come back. I think. I think Compost could have won if he would have started working those takedowns earlier. Like, I think when he realized the whole rock'em, sock'em, robot approach wasn't going to work, he started to mix it up. But yeah. it was kind of, yeah, kind of too little too late. But regardless, it was a really fun fight. Uh, definitely go back and watch that one. And quick shout-outs on the undercard. Uh, Taiwan Claxton was on the undercard, and he uh, pretty much uh, bullied, uh, what's this gentleman's name, K.O. Meyer. Uh, all I remember this fight is, like, once he took him down, he just landed ground and pound, and dude just kind of curled up. <laughs> so, uh, Taiwan Claxton won TKO uh, round one uh, so he's always somebody to keep an eye on in Bellator he's had a pretty good streak going and all of his fights seem to be pretty exciting so shout out to Taiwan Claxton and uh, Robson Gracie I don't know how Bellator has all of these Gracies um, I didn't even know he was here Roy, because of Royce's relationship with them probably yeah, they, they snag every single one of them but Robson Gracie won uh, via a uh, redneck choke against Bryson Bolohio uh, in round two. I mean, Gracie Jiu-Jitsu's back, bro. Did you catch Bellator 213? <laughs> yeah, so let's just move on to that. But that was Bellator 212. Um, if you have the zone, you can watch it on the zone. They have the full card up. Um, so go give it a look, man. It was a lot of good fights. Um, and if you like me, 
you didn't watch this in real time, so you didn't have to stay up till 1.30. So it was actually a pretty fun watch. Like, all of the fights were pretty entertaining. So that was Bellator 212. Moving on. Bellator 213. Um, Bellator's second card in two days. This was on Saturday night. Uh, this card was a pretty big deal. Um, Bellator making it to Hawaii. UFC hasn't been to Hawaii yet, have they? Uh, I mean, they were way back in the day, I think. Remember the last time? They... I can't remember if they were. I thought they weren't. I don't think they ever went. I could have sworn they went for like one card, but whatever. I, I, think, I think you're right. So, Bellator... Um... Had their big card in Hawaii and the Blaisdell Arena in Honolulu. Um, big deal because it was headlined by Hawaiian. You had Alima Lay McFarlane uh, defending her strap uh, against Valerie Letourneau for the flyweight title. And yeah, we'll just run this from the top. Um, I felt like the first, the first round, not really a ton happened. Kind of like a feeling out kind of thing. Not not really too much went on in the first. Um, Second round, McFarlane was, uh, I believe she had went for a takedown. Um, she landed a little ground and pound. Valerie was kind of playing the outside. They both were throwing shots, but nobody really landed anything like crazy substantial. I just felt like the first half of this fight was you were just kind of waiting for somebody to like have a moment. It was like they were both kind of just kind of, I don't know, like getting their feet wet. Like, I don't know, probably for McFarlane, like, this was a really big moment, like, I mean, if you saw her walk down, man, she had the whole, well, I don't, I don't know what that was, but I'm assuming it was some kind of Hawaiian cultural dance or something, I don't want to offend anybody, I don't know what it was, but she had, like, a very elaborate intro, um, and she had, like, all of her family there, like, this was a really, really big deal for her. Um, and especially like as being in her hometown, so I, I could imagine nerves were probably through the roof. Um, but yeah, for, first two rounds, what, what not really a, a ton happened. You were just kind of waiting for one person to really kind of assert themselves because nobody landed anything uh, too crazy. And then in that third round, <laughs> uh, McFarland, I think, kind of you know, feet are under me now. I'm here. Let's 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 do this. And she starts pushing forward more, um, aggressively goes for takedown, she gets a takedown, um, you know, Letourneau is, you know, holding her own, but play, playing the ground game with McFarlane can, you know, more often than not, probably not go in your favor, and boy, this, <laughs> the finish was wild, man, because <laughs> she went from like a triangle, well, hold on, I think she went, didn't start with a triangle, I think. I feel like she tried, like, another choke first, and then it ended up a triangle. Then she went for the armbar. Yeah, then she went for an armbar, and then she was throwing elbows at the same time. And then she switched back to a triangle while still throwing elbows. She was transitioning between submissions and throwing elbows all at the same time. It was really, <laughs> it was just really wild to watch. Well, yeah. Like, it, it was a lot going well, on. Well, it started from her on uh, Letourneau's back going for the rear naked choke, then climbing up her back for the triangle. Switching to the uh, uh, switching to the arm bar and then going back to the triangle. Yeah. So. And it, it just it it all happened with like the span of. Thirty seconds. I don't know. Yeah, about thirty seconds. It, it was just a lot of switching back and forth and elbows going on. It was it was a wild. 
time. The crowd was going crazy, um, but she ends up getting the triangle choke in round three, and she wins a, a fight that was a, a pretty big deal for her. Um, so it was it was awesome to see her get that win, like in front of her hometown, in front of this you know this crowd who's going crazy, all her family there. Um, so I feel like that night would have really sucked if they would have gave you that big elaborate intro all in front of your fans and all in Hawaii, and then you like would have got knocked out <laughs> or something like that. But nah, uh, McFarland man, she went in there and did her thing, and it was it was it was pretty awesome to watch. I can't remember. Did you see this fight or not? Uh yes, uh, I just watched it as we were talking before. Um, yeah, it was a really good performance from Laterno. Um, not Laterno. Um, from McFarland. Um, you know, go out there, biggest stage of your career, and ter- and like all this home pressure on you, and you 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 really put it together. Um, a solid performance, and you know, she beat Laterno by um, submission. I don't think Laterno been was she. Yeah, this is the first time she's been submitted. Um, first time she's been stopped since. Well, I guess the Calderwood fight, but that was a little weird. Um, because of the way that unfolded with like her bra like falling off, and her like turning away to fix it, and then the ref saying that that's enough. Um. Yeah, no. Uh, altogether, all saw a performance from um, McFarland. Like she's probably gonna get Juliana Velasquez next. Um, I, I really hope she does like well, like as the champion. Like I hope that this the zone card, like, because this was this was exclusively on the zone. It wasn't on Paramount or anything like that. Um, I'm, I'm hoping it did like good numbers with like the Canelo fight, and they did a little bit of advertisement at the beginning of the night, but it got buried underneath everything Canelo. Starting at like ten o'clock, so. Um, yeah, well, shout out to McFarland, one of the good people in MMA that doesn't get talked about enough. Out here, starting scholarships for like native girls in Hawaii and Central America. It would be good to see if they give her. Uh, I I kind of feel like they want to like. She could become one of those faces of Bellator. I, like I mean, they, yeah, like they, this card happened because of her. Yeah. So, can't say the same for Max Holloway. He's fighting in Toronto. Lord. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, shout outs to McFarland, man. Hawaii, you know, out, out here representing, out here holding it down. And yeah, it would be dope if, if Bellator can give her, you know, like I said, th- this could be a good springboard that hopefully she can pretty much like become one of the faces of of Bellator and, and hopefully keep that keep that title for a while but Lima Lay McFarland uh three uh, o'clock triangle choke over uh, Valerie Letourneau so that's how that went um co-main event the dragon Lyoto Machida makes his uh Bellator debut against former middleweight champ uh Rafael Carvalho um Pretty pretty fun fight. I was impressed that they both were able to kind of keep the pace that they set. Well, probably more so on Machida's part. Cavajo's the younger guy. Um, I didn't realize Machida was 40. Yeah, he's old. <laughs> I don't know why I thought Machida was like... Yeah, it exp- I, explains why I he looks it, like he's failing at everything nowadays. <laughs> I thought he was like 36 or something. Did not know he was 40. Um, but no, nah, Car- Carvajo came out. Um, he really was putting the pressure on him. 
Um, I think his game plan was pretty much to not let Machida get too comfortable because when Machida gets comfortable, you get hit with a front kick, you get hit with a crane kick, or you, you catch one of those counters and, you know, your night's pretty much over and you end up on a highlight reel somewhere. Um, so Carvalho came out, man. He was really putting the pressure on him. Um, lots of forward movement, uh, work against the cage. Um, Machida... Machida can still move, but I think it's kind of like the Anderson effect where, like, he still he still tries to do what he normally does, but, like, he's just not as, like, fast and, like, as mobile anymore. So, like, just it seems like some of his old tricks aren't as, like, effective because I felt like he didn't he didn't counter in this fight as well as we've seen him do before. Um, right, right. In, in the past. So it just it makes it look sloppy. Yeah, <laughs> like because like, so much of their games are built around like all this, like mostly just pot shotting. Like, they, obviously there's no combinations, but especially like Machida and, but it's never anything like, I, I guess the close like a John Lineker or Nate Diaz combination. You know what I mean? Where they're throwing like these six, like it's always like two or three shots max. And it's always like at the safest possible time for them, and it, it like it, now there's like that extra hint of desperation that comes from just being old and just not being able to move as quickly as he used to be able to. And it looks a lot like flailing. It's kind of funny we say all that, but Machido won a split decision. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, yeah. No, don't get me wrong. Like solid win for uh, Machida, especially at forty and. Moving to a new promotion, but at the same time, like, does this make you want to see him fight Gekker Musashi? Yeah, I, I think, I think I did. I don't did I score this for Carvalho? I don't remember who I scored this for, but I I can say one thing. Um, that Carvalho didn't do himself any. Like, I get that he wanted to clinch with him, to I guess like kind of wear him down, but uh, Machida got. I can't remember if it was the second or third. It may have been both where he got takedowns on Carvalho. And even though he didn't do a ton with him, he was just kind of able to control him. And in that span of time, Carvalho's not able to mount any offense. So I'm, I'm guessing that's probably why he, you know, he slipped on the cards. And Machida landed a nice, he didn't land it flush. He, he had a nice head kick that didn't land flush, but you could tell it, it kind of, it was something there, a little, little sting on it. But, um, no, it, it was still a fun fight. Um, you know, at 40 years old, Machida's still out here. But like I said, yeah, I don't, I don't know if this makes me really want to see uh, Musashi fight. But the way the way Bellator works, the way that division is, that that fight probably isn't too far off. So that that might still end up being a thing. But hey, man, props to Machida. The Dragon's still out here at 40 years old, making his Bellator debut, uh, and got got a solid split decision win over Calvajo. So shouts to him. Uh, next fight. <laughs> oh man, the Gracies—they never, they never die. They never go away. Even Gracie, never... greatest Gracie since Kron Gracie. <laughs> <laughs> but Kron Gracie was the latest Gracie. Exactly. <laughs> the last podcast. <laughs> but uh, Neiman Gracie, man, uh, he fought against Ed Roof. Three-time NCAA uh, double, uh, three-time NCAA champion Ed Ruth, and then, yeah. and he, um, yeah, no, he submitted him. 
Yeah. Proving once and for all, Gracie Jiu-Jitsu better than everything. <laughs> yeah, this this was I knew this was going to be an interesting fight because these were I think these are like the two dark horses in this whole welterweight tournament. Um and the, these are the, the two young guys who are, are looking to really make a name for themselves cuz everybody else in the tournament is pretty much established like as a fighter and you know, they they have pretty successful careers and Ed Ruth and Neiman are still kind of kind of green uh get, getting their feet wet so to speak but uh nah man props to neiman um stand up look a lot better than i thought it would really yeah, yeah pretty solid uh pretty solid kickboxing ed ruth uh, trying to put- a lot of flailing like th- there were times where ed ruth looked like he was about to fall over because of the punches he was throwing <laughs> i to me ed ruth striking looked like um it looked like he'd been really working on it in the gym, and now he was, like, trying to try out everything. And it just wasn't really... Man, I think he landed a couple of shots, but... I don't know. Like, Ed Ed Roof's game plan kind of... I don't know. I was, I was a little a little befuddled. Um, I, and I understand NCAA, you know, wrestling pedigrees. You know, it is what it is. Through the roof. Solidified. But, like, that first ground exchange where they get on the ground and Gracie is immediately going for triangles. He's going for any submission he can get. And it just looks like one of those situations where, like, I understand your wrestling pedigree and that you probably just want to get top game and then pummel him and beat him up. But he's not a guy who just kind of sits out and camps on his back. And he just, he was getting Ruth in so many dangerous positions. And I was like... I almost felt like Ruth would have just been, he could have played it safer and just tried to just make this a striking exchange. Like, even though Gracie's striking was, you know, it it was a lot more solid than I think people thought it would be, you probably would have had a better chance. Because when they went to the ground, boy, he, he was making Ed Ruth work and get out of a lot of bad spots. And eventually he could not get out of a bad spot. And in round four, he got choked out for it. Yeah. So... So, like, I, I didn't put too much thought into, like, having Ed Ruth in the tournament. Other, I think my only thing I said was, like, he probably is going to win, which, you know, he definitely isn't now. So, um, but, like, maybe having your prospect, your, like, you, you know, your, your, um, your blue chipper with, like, the pedigree and the big college connections and, uh, you know, all that good stuff. Maybe having him fight in his seventh pro fight in a five rounder uh, against a guy who, you know, like two years into his career, probably not the smartest idea. Especially against a guy who is comfortable and he won in, in like what would normally be Ruth's like one safety place. Just a thought. Too late, too late for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now Neiman Gracie is one broken Rory McDonald away from a Bellator title. Because yeah. the Bellator title is going to be up for grabs if he wins. Uh, if, or no matter. Well, it's up for grabs regardless. Yeah, because yeah. he's going to fight either John Fitch or Rory McDonald. And if Rory, uh, like, he could beat Fitch, possibly. 
Like John Fitch isn't who he used to be. And he's gonna have fifteen minutes to or he's gonna have twenty five minutes to fight him. Yep. So we're in crazy times. Uh, a, a Gracie might be a major champion. It's possible. It's, it's, it's possible. Or he'll, he'll at least get a, a chance. He'll he'll get the fight for it. Which, as of late, we haven't seen any Gracies even fight for a title. How dare you? And <laughs> Roger Gracie was the light heavyweight champion in over and one, which is like oh. when freaking um Overeem was the heavyweight champion in Dream. It's just like. Dude, they brought in Todd Duffy to feed you. Who are you trying to kid? <laughs> you know what though? I I'm probably the outlier because I, I saw the same complaint about Ed Roof being in the tournament, and I guess the run the one reason that I wasn't mad at it because between him and Neiman, those were the two names I looked at, and I was like, well, at least these aren't the same five guys that we've seen fight each other 30 times already and i was like at worst all right your prospect loses better learn now than later i guess like at least now 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 we know for sure like all right he, he definitely still needs some more work um hopefully he knows now like you know he'll he'll grow he'll get smarter from this I don't know. I wasn't too mad at him being in in the term. I guess because I just wanted to see a fresh face. Like, I mean, it's better than him getting easily... knocked out by Paul Daly, I guess. Right. Because <laughs> this, because we all, if you've been watching Bellator like since the beginning, we all remember how you know in in the Bjorn era, the tournament era, like the tournaments were fun, but we were always seeing like the same four people. So I was just happy to get a new, some new fresh faces in there, albeit it didn't go the way he wanted it to, but you know. I don't think it's like a career ender. Like you can go back to the drawing board. You hopefully realize not to toy with a Gracie on the ground. You know, hopefully that is a. Or at the very least, you know, be comfortable on the ground to toy around with the Gracie. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Because it seemed but, pretty obvious that had like very little actual BJJ, like uh, not training, but like know how. No, he he was in survival mode. Yeah, when he was down there. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't wasn't looking too good. But uh, nah, man. Prop, props to Neiman though. Like he, you know, he, you beat the blue chip prospect, and that's that's a big win. And like you said, on on his side of the bracket, you know, if if, if Fitch <laughs> can somehow get out a win over Rory, it's not far fetched that somehow Neiman Gracie <laughs> becomes champ. Um. That that that's that's a possibility. I mean, it's not a high percentage, but it. I mean, he could go out there and like catch a broken Rory and just like hit it, him in it. Like Rory McDonald's like one hit to the nose away from just completely shutting down. Yeah, catch him in the nose, rock him, maybe take his back. Like I don't even think you have to hurt him. You just like hit him with a hard jab. Like I think he might mentally shut down. I don't know. Well, we'll see. I'll be wild though. Final of this tournament is a Gracie, and he's holding the belt. But I feel like that's so Bellator. Like that's how this year would end for them. That's 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 the season finale. <laughs> Gracie's holding the belt. But um, nah, man. But props to Neiman Gracie, man. Really good performance over Ed Ruth. Uh, got the rear naked choke in round four. Uh, next fight, Liam McGeary uh, versus King Mo. Um. Man, I I was really just happy that McGeary got a win. 
Um, I really like McGeary, but he he's been on been on a two fight skid. Hasn't been looking too good for him as of late. And boy oh boy, did King Mo just do him a lot of favors in this fight. I thought. Um, I'll give King Mo credit. He landed a lot of leg kicks, and boy did McGeary's leg. He, he was growing another leg on top of his leg with the way it was swollen. Um, it was not, that was a really nasty hematoma on his leg. But outside of the leg kicks, I don't know, King King Mo just kind of has this thing where, he uh, like I get it, he thinks he's a boxer. He trains in boxing a lot. And he tries to implement that into his MMA game. But I feel like he tries to, he tries to, like, primarily become a boxer. And he just kind of abandons his wrestling. And he kind of played into everything that McGeary was good at. <laughs> it, just, it just didn't work. Like, I don't think... King Mo didn't go for a takedown until, like... I think it was, like, the last 30 seconds of, like, round two. And McGeary ended up getting back up. But, no, I like McGeary, man. He was, you know, trying to be mobile, even though he ate a lot of leg kicks. Um... You know, pumping his jab, working good combinations. He looked pretty confident. This is probably the best McGeary performance we've seen in a while. Like, he, he looked really sure of himself. He looked like a guy who, like, really, really wanted this win. Um, this is better than the one who beat Emmanuel Newton. Yeah. Like, this this guy looks like he, he he's ready. Like, he, he, he was out there landing a lot of good shots. When, like I said, and King Mo did him all the favors in the world because he just wanted to stand with him. So he gave McGeary every chance in the world to just pump the jab, land good strikes, you know, get get, get your hands off. And then in that third round, cracks King Mo with a right hand. Uh, King Mo does the one thing you should never do in a fight. He gets cracked with a right hand. Um, he almost gets cracked with another one, but he kind of falls. And McGeary throws a right hand to a left head kick combination. Um, the head kick looked like it was going to land, but it didn't, or maybe at least it grazed him. And I guess King Mo thought he was being kicked while, like, I don't know. I guess he thought it was, like, illegal. I, I don't know what he thought. But he starts yelling at the ref and then gets punched in the face again. Um, and then that's over. <laughs> like, the, don't yell at the ref while you're falling mid-flight. Um not gonna work out too good but now nah, mcgeary looked really good man really confident out there gets the the ko in the third round and he he looks reinvigorated that that looks like a man who he, he he's riding the ship uh after a two fights good <clears throat> yep um and i don't really have a whole lot to add to that but uh king mo man like Knocked out in what three or four of his last five, uh, five or six. Um, let me get the, the exacts right quick. Uh, so he's lost four of his last uh, six, got knocked out in three of them, got knocked down in four of them. Like his only recent wins are Satoshi Ishii and Quentin Jackson. So, I mean. Uh, all fairness, like Phil Davis, Miracle Crocop, Ryan Bader, not bad losses by any stretch, but like the the way he's lost in some of those fights. Yeah, not a fifteen second knockout to Ryan Bader. Yeah. And it was just I felt like that fight could have easily been 
I'll press you with my boxing until I just take you down and make it just be one of those really frustrating fights. Like, I feel like this fight was tailor-made for that, and it just didn't happen. Yeah. I think I think uh, he was actually worried about the ground game. Like, because that's... McGarry, for... Uh, as hard as he hits, like, he, he, he got to the title on his back, basically. He was like, oh, this yeah. is the guy who, you know, inverted triangle Tito Ortiz and... Basically, yeah, he beat Mo, uh, not Mo, uh, Matt Newton, like, by a, just, like, submission grappling. So it, it kind of made sense from that angle where he's like, okay, uh, I don't want to go to the ground with this guy because that means I have to work real hard for 15 minutes. I'm going to just box him up. But he didn't realize that, you know, Lee McGeary's, like, 6'6", six, six, and can hit him with his long-ass limbs, so. All right. Life happens fast, so. <laughs> right, right. But props to McGree, man. Get got his getting his uh uh win streak back on. Get getting back on the right track. So that that was pretty uh pretty awesome to see. And rounding out the main card, which is a fight neither one of us saw. <laughs> um, Noah Dung defeated uh, Kona Oliveira via TKO at round three. Um, but I forgot this fight was the main card. So I didn't watch it, and then I realized it was the main card. I was like, "Oh, I did not see that." But uh, shout outs to uh, they know it done. Um, but overall, man, Bellator had a pretty, pretty solid weekend. Like these were two cards in two days. Um, both cards, at least in terms of the main card, I, I would say delivered. Um, not really any fights like I didn't like. I was entertained pretty much watching both cards, and. In, in a weekend where they had to compete with the UFC and all of just there was a lot going on um, they still managed to stand out I thought so pretty strong way I say to to, to end 2018 and we'll, we'll, we'll see what what Coker and company has going on next year uh, like I said I will repeat this many times I hope Chandler Pitbull ends up being one of those things but we know for sure um, Fedor Ryan Bader is one of those things yeah. <laughs> oh, that is gonna be a oh god. That's I think that's late January. I think twenty six. Yeah, that's that's Lord. <laughs> that's gonna, that is gonna be a an interesting uh interesting card. I mean, no matter what, it ends up being sad because Fedor either wins and he has to fight Vitaly Minikov, or he loses and it's just sad. Yeah. Lord, we'll we'll see. But no, nah, shout shout out to Bellator, man. Um, two 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 good cards over the course of two days, and like I said, the, the Hawaii card just was a really big deal, and it probably went the best way it could have, at least in terms of that main event. You hopefully have a star in your hands with that with uh, McFarland. But uh, shout out to Bellator. So if you want to watch those cards, if you have the zone, um, go uh go go log on the zone. It's worth it, man. A lot lot of other promotions on there. It, it seems like they're going in the right step. So, shout out to Bellator 212 and 213. Both two good cards. So, go give those a look. Um, uh, let's see what they have going on next weekend. Nothing. Oh, yeah, it's Christmas. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. Everybody, everybody's shutting down. <laughs> I just need... But I think, like, they, they, they had, like, a Road FC card within, like, the last week, I think. Probably. Yeah, I think I'm pretty sure they had a road. That's all them pop up on my timeline. 
All I know is I need them to pick up Ryzen so I don't have to pay $20 just to see it every single time. Man, if they get Ryzen, that would be... I mean, what more do you need? Yeah, I'm about to say they've got pretty much... You got Bellator, you got Road FC, you got KSW. Got all, they got half the top 10 pound-for-pound boxes on the planet. Yeah, yeah they're, 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 they're in a pretty good space. <laughs> they're, they're, I, I would like the... The site to be better though, with the app. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I think I think the, the app needs some work. Yeah, it, it could at the very least list the freaking fights that are going to be shown on the card. Right. Cause they like, <laughs> I went to watch the the fights this morning and it just says, Bellator full card replay and you click on it and you have to watch all fifty six minutes. <laughs> oh well, they got the Bellator Hawaii card up now in segments. There we go. So. Like they they put them up there, but they, it takes like a little bit of time. Yeah, but it's like they they only do like Bellator two thirteen Lalo uh, Lalo McGeary replay. The wall. Why did I say it like that? Oliveira uh, <laughs> Dung replay. Like they could have the full name and just be like full fight. Yeah, but well, we'll see. Ho hopefully in two thousand nineteen, so somewhere in the budget, we can uh f fix the the kinks on the site and the app. But either way, uh, two two good guards from Bellator, and to finish off the weekend. Also, I feel like baseball. They have baseball. MLB. Yes, I'm assuming it's out of market games. So, nah. So what team nobody cares about? Basically, the Marlins. <laughs> so I have their upcoming schedule thing. Does own exclusive MVP versus daily. There we go. There we go. McDonald versus Fitch, March 2019. When's MVP in daily? February 16th. It's going to be fun. Hopefully nobody pulls out. Hintity hint. Wink wink. It's going to be MVP. <laughs> Can't wait for Lorenzo Ark in daily too. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> course to round out all the fights that happen you know the ufc has to insert themselves into the into the mix so we had uh the very last man everybody's ending their relationships man we love hbo boxing's gone uh and this is the last ufc on fox uh card uh headlined by kevin lee and al i quinta this is the rematch the one fc app doesn't work anymore it doesn't i mean it won't coming january oh yeah man every Real, real quick before we even get started on this, because uh, we're, we're doing really good on time. Um, so somebody posted on Twitter, like, because um, they, they were showing, like, flashbacks of, like, the first UFC on Fox card, the JDS and uh, Velasquez. And I, I've seen people post, like, oh, I was only so-and-so years old when uh, the JDS and Velasquez fight happened. I'm like, dog, I've been, I was watching this when I was on Spike. Like, <laughs> like. I was like twelve. I didn't realize how long I've been watching this sport. Like, what Dude, have I been got, doing to myself? You got a whole generation of fans who you just can't call new fans anymore because, like, it's been seven years. Jesus Christ, it's crazy. Cause that the Fox seems so long ago, but then I thought about it. I was like, Dude, I was watching this on Spike. Yeah, right? and that was even longer ago. I mean, it was only like slightly oh. longer ago. It seems like ages. It, it, those seem like two totally different eras and worlds. <laughs> like, 
Oh man, but yeah, man. The fox, fox is uh, this this is the end of the road. No, no more uh. What's that, what's that theme song that? Dun, 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 dun. Is it, <laughs> isn't it just basically the football theme song? Yeah, it literally is the same theme. Song. They didn't even change it. I used to, I hated it when it first started. I did not like it. Uh, now I'm just kind of indifferent to now, it. Now we're just gonna get the dun 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 dun. But. UFC on Fox, Lee versus I Quinta to uh, last UFC on Fox. What a card. weird way to make the last UFC on Fox card. It's just like we have to throw some fights together. Yeah, and they were like, and let's here, just let's get go, all go. the lightweights and just put them on Fox and be like, okay, this is what we got. Hey man, you know what? I posted this on Twitter. If you want a good card, man, just book lightweights and it the rest will handle itself. Exactly. They'll, they'll handle Because every lightweight I'll, fight on this car was great. Right. <laughs> All of them. <laughs> and I'll just say, man, just, you know, the one thing I'll miss about Fox, four fight main cards are near and dear to my heart. Um, apparently, I'm, apparently the the ESPN cards will be on at 8 o'clock and they will be four fight main cards from what I've read. I don't know that for sure. Prayer hands emoji. <laughs> Thank you. I hope that's true. Because if not, man, that is the one thing I will miss about Fox. Um, I, yeah. Love, love, love the four fight main cards. But anywho. Um, moving on. UFC on Fox. Uh, Lever Saquenta 2. Um, man, thoughts on this main event? I. I like Quinta is hella underrated. Yeah, I was gonna say, man, I gotta, I gotta put some respect on this man's name <laughs> after this performance. The raging real estate agent got hands, bro. It'd be bro, <laughs> man, selling houses by day, throwing hands by night, closing deals by midnight. Ally Quint is winning, man. Um, yeah, I gotta, I gotta put some respect on this man's name after this fight, cause c- coming into this. I, I'm not gonna lie, like I I was more excited for the co-main than the main event. Um, I didn't really care. This wasn't a rematch that I was like really like, oh man, I can't wait for these two to fight again. To be honest, I didn't care. I did not want to see this rematch. I was kind of just, I was kind of just eh. And then when it got booked, I was like, oh man, Lee's gotten way better since then. Not saying he was gonna walk through Aquinta because I feel like I was always a tough out. But I thought Lee would win this pretty handedly. And um, Al had other plans, man. Uh, real estate agent came with that right hand ready to go. <laughs> Lee, Lee, I mean, Lee started off good. Um, it was definitely clear who was the stronger fighter. Lee, that, that takedown that he got on Aquinas in the second round, boy, he big broed him to the <laughs> He took him to the ground like it was nothing. Um, so it was clearly that Lee was the stronger fighter. Um, he was doing decent, I thought, in the first. Jab was working. He had pretty good combinations. He was throwing that front kick. Um, but I, I think I think what happened, I, I know a lot of people probably felt, maybe felt some kind of way about the decision. But I know this is more re-watching the fight. Man, he spent... Lee spent a lot of time on the outside, and he also didn't, I'm not going to say he didn't inflict damage, because he definitely caught Aquinta with some good shots, 
But it just felt like the longer the fight went, it was like the Max Holloway effect for Iquinta that like he just got stronger the longer the fight went. And by like that third round, that right hand was just money. He was <laughs> props to his his corner. Uh, you know, Matt Serra is never one to to shy away. Um, it just seemed like they just wanted him to just push like they. They knew Aquinta could win this fight. They just needed him to be like, all right, man, now's the time. Like, you got you to gotta pour it on now. Like, you, he's given you his best. You've seen everything he can do. Now it's time for you to put your foot on the pedal. And by, like, that third round, man, he started letting that right hand go. Lee is constantly getting hit with that right. Aquinta's working his jab. He's the one putting all the pressure. He's cutting the cage off. He was doing everything you would want your fighter to do in a fight that was pretty close. And you need somebody to really like assert themselves and, and kind of put a stamp on it. Um, because like Lee had good moments, but I felt like he didn't. It's like once the fight got away from him, like he just seemed at a loss for what to do. It was the Pettis effect, the Sergio. Effect, yeah. Where like you get comfortable doing what you're doing. But when it's not working, you don't have like there's no recourse. Like you're just going to keep trying it and hope that it kind of it kind of works out, and meanwhile, Al, boy, and that, 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 um, I think it was the last round, boy, he was uncorking on Lee, like, <laughs> Al, Al was just landing jabs and power shots, and that right hand was just money all night, um, yeah, he started catching Lee with combinations, and I mean, props to Lee, because he ate a lot of hard shots, especially like in the fourth and the fifth, and you know, he, he managed to keep his wits about him. He was staying in the fight. Um, so props to him. But, boy, Al really, I, yeah, I think Al, including me, showed a lot of people, like, I'm here. Like, Dude, like, he's always, he's like, uh, like, I, I, I probably did this, too. Like, after the Khabib fight. We all just kind of talked down Khabib's striking game because he, he he was only able to jab, and he was doing like and he was facing like Ayala Quinta who was only fought like twice in three years. Like, Al's a really good boxer. His all his problems have been on the ground. You know what I mean? Like, he he is like for a guy with his temperament, like the the type of guy who will trash a hotel room. Because he didn't get a fight night bonus. Like, he is incredibly patient. And he sticks to a game plan, like, ridiculously strictly. Like, he, I, I expect a guy who does, like, who acts and talks the way Al Iaquinta talks outside the cage to kind of go a little bit more the, um, the Derek Campos, John Lineker. Yeah. I'm. Like, he would just go berserk. Exactly. <laughs> but, like, even when Al was, like, really landing on Lee, he never got too far. Like, he never de like he, he never got too far away from what was working. Which was, you know, really, uh, like, just really brilliant, like, feints with the jab. So, actually landing the jab, then throwing the right hand, whether that be up top or to the body. Like, just... And the uh, uh, and the takedowns to strikes, that's the stuff I was that's the stuff I was really impressed with. Like where he would just grab at Kevin Lee's lead leg and then just come back with a hook or a spinning elbow or something like that. 
Yeah, he's gonna respond an elbow like off top, I think, in the first round. Well, I remember it was the first round. Yeah, it was first round. First that, that's a yeah. minute to the fight. Yeah, like you said, yeah, he never he never deviated from the plan, and like it only it just got better as the fight went on. He just started landing more and more, and yeah, he if you you look at their faces after the fight. I mean, I know damage don't always you know facial damage doesn't always tell the whole story. Kevin Lee's face. <laughs> <laughs> like he got jumped in the alley. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I Quinta was he was throwing them things. He was uh they were, they were hands to be caught and uh D- retroactively making um freaking Khabib look like a god. God damn. <laughs> yeah, man. Ra- rage raging owl. Um Yeah, yeah, Lee like I said, Lee Lee had a, a solid performance. Um Obviously, by the end of the fight, you can tell by his reaction that he thought he won the first three rounds. Um, I think I gave him the first two, but even the rounds I gave him were competitive. Like, and then that that third round was kind of close. I, I don't think it was definitive enough that he could have felt comfortable that he really won it. Yeah. Um, but now nah, he, I almost felt bad for him because he looked really dejected after the fight. Like he looked like. <laughs> like his whole world just kind of like he had the meanest reality. Like there. I think he really expected to just go in there and beat the crap out of him. Ow! Like their first fight was pretty competitive, and if you had asked anybody before the fight, they would have told you Lee's the one who's done all the growing since the first fight. Because Al's like it's kind of hard to tell with Al because like he sh- people think he should have lost the Jorge Masvidal fight. And once you get past that fight, that was his la- like that was his only good win since beating Kevin Lee. Like Diego Sanchez, Joe Lozon, who looks like he can't see punches coming anymore, Rodrigo Dam, and like Ross Pearson, who at is like one and five in his last six or something crazy like that. Like it, it, it's it, like it, it hasn't been like this amazing stretch of wins for Al, but he's been growing, which is really weird because he missed like two whole years because he got in a fight with the UFC. He was like, fuck it, I'm going to go sell real estate. Yeah. <laughs> and Kevin Lee's been in here doing the damn thing, like having competitive fights with like Tony Ferguson and blowing Edson Barbos out the water. Like, Dude, like Magomed Mast- uh, Mustafaev, Jake Matthews, Francisco Trinaldo, Michael Chiesa, Edson Barboza. Those are all really good names that Kevin Lee has beaten in the past two years. And just to, uh, to have this guy who basically, like, uh, not came off the like came off the couch, but like basically came back from a full time job and was just like, I- I'm doing this shit now. That's to be soul crushing. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 like, I'm, I'm worried because uh, Kevin Lee's a guy who survives. Like, he lives and dies on like confidence because that's what he needs to do the stuff he does. So I'm worried a little bit about like, okay, how does he bounce back from this? Especially a division like a lightweight where like it's it's just a grind. Yeah, it doesn't get any easier. Does not get any. So I'm easier. I'm concerned about that. But I just I just wish he would have. If he just would have pushed it a little more, man. Like if he just got another know. takedown early, something like that. Like just 
It's it's unfortunate. I don't know. I think he ate a lot of them right hands, and he just. <laughs> I don't know, man. It just. Al took him out of the game. Like he just he could not. He had he had a good thing going in the first couple of rounds, but he just he could not keep it up. And then when Al started going, he could not match it. And you know, things things. Al's fucking Instagram is just really bizarre. There's just a bunch of houses he he sold, like some financial <laughs> groups he's with, and then it's just him being like, like just being at UFC shows <laughs> and jumping rope in his driveway shirtless. I wonder if like. <laughs> You know when, like, you go to see a new house, they have, like, the models you can walk mm-hmm. through? Like, you walk through the model of the house, and he just has a poster in the living room with him. <laughs> it's like, his his face is bleeding after he won the fight. He's like, oh, yeah, I do that, too. He's like, that's my side gig. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. But, nah, man, Um, all, all the props in the world to Al. I, I know some people probably still felt some kind of way about the decision, but I, I'm not mad about it. Like, when it, when, when it went all five rounds... I did not feel confident that Kevin Lee was going to get his hand raised. Because I was like, some of these rounds were way too... They were too competitive. Like, you didn't you didn't distance yourself early. You didn't distance yourself enough to make me feel comfortable that you were going to walk away yeah. with this. And this doesn't do anything to help with my, like, my belief that Kevin Lee is just really chinny. Or at the very least, eats uh, too many clean shots. Yeah, he yeah. I yeah, I won't, I won't say he's chinny cuz he he may, he still had like his wits about him while he was getting rocked. But he just ate yeah, he ate a lot of He doesn't really move his head a whole time. Nah. Yeah, he 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 kind of does leave himself cuz I think it speaks that I mean, and props to Al, but he landed that right hand a lot. Like <laughs> and you would have thought after about the first 3 4 of those Lee would have been like, "All right, Clearly, this is um this is the weapon of choice. Clearly, something's I, not working here. Yeah, I need to I need to adjust. So like I don't know what his cornerman told him or, but yeah, there 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 needs to be some kind of adjustments made. And yeah, I just I thought he would have attempted more takedowns because clearly, dude is just he's still one of the I would say second to Habib. Well, some may argue first. He might be like the strongest lightweight. Like, if he gets a hold of you... You're probably going up for like, a ride. Yeah, you're going for a ride. You're going down. There's it's no question I, about I it. I think it just a large part of it was, um, what'd you call it, like... Uh, he didn't want to gas in the five-round fight. Like, I think that's what it basically came down to, like, why we didn't see more takedowns from Lee. At, at least yeah, early I, in the fight. Like, late in the fight, he was trying, and he just like it just was not working. And like Al is the guy who, in the third and fourth rounds of his fight with um, Khabib, was just stuffing them like crazy. So like, maybe their thought process was, okay, this guy can fight for five rounds, and he he can stop takedowns late. So if we we're gonna be really judicious when when we go for the takedown, because he got his first three. Yeah, I'm not saying he he took his back. He landed some uh, shots from the back. He he went for a choke. He didn't get it, but yeah, after that it just oh things uh things fall apart, I guess. But nah, all all props in the world to Al, man. I think he uh he, he probably shut a lot of people up. He de- he definitely shut me up. I got 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 put respect on the man's name after that. 
So shout out to Al. What what do they do with him next? Khabib. Or or whatever. Yeah, Dustin Poirier, um who else is out there? Uh Tony Ferguson, if they don't want like I don't know what they're doing with like in regards to like Khabib's investigation and when he can fight again. Um I'm not forgetting somebody. Uh, Justin Gaethje. Justin Gaethje called him out. I'm down for uh, that. That's that's, that's some recklessness right there, man. I'm with it. It is. <laughs> but uh, as we say, man, at lightweight, there's never a shortage of good matchups. There's there's somebody for everybody at lightweight. Um, but no, nah, props to Ally Quinta, man. He real estate man out here laying hands. So shout out to him, man. Really great win for the main event. Uh, co-main event, which is the fight that I was most excited for, uh, Edson Barbosa and Dan Hooker, man, oh man, oh man, um, I wasn't sure who to pick in this fight, this, this was kind of a 50-50 for me, um, cause I, I could easily have envisioned this fight being one of those fights where, like, Barbosa was doing really good until he just got caught with something, and then it just, you know, it ends up being one of those. But uh, Barboza, man. Leg kicks. Leg kicks. <laughs> Lots of leg kicks. Um, good job of just really mixing it up. Uh, throwing a lot of combinations, but going to the body, going to the head. Um, <clears throat> just really good job of mixing it up, man. He hit Hooker with everything he had in the arsenal. Um, but props to Dan. He... He never stopped pushing forward for as much as he ate. <laughs> like, all of the times he got hit from, I think he got rocked in the first. The man never, he never pedaled backward. Well, told the fight yeah, was well, over, Like, but. that's the safest place to be against Essen Barboza, though. You, like, just blindly running at him because if you stay at distance, he's going to catch you because he's faster than yeah. you. If you back away, he's going to kick the crap out of your legs. And Hooker had moments in, like, I think it was, uh, like the second round where he was finding that good distance, like like kind of like that brawling distance where he was like kind of in the pocket and he was able to land good combinations. But those moments only lasted but so long. And then Barboza was able to kind of circle back out, get these leg kicks going. And then when the body kick started coming, boy. That spinning back kick he landed in the, was it the third round? Yeah. That just like, you could see... Like the life just drained out of Hooker's eyes as he went into full zombie mode. Yeah, <laughs> he kicked the soul out of Hooker. Right. Like, I'm convinced in the third that Hooker <clears throat> wasn't really there. Like, <laughs> it was like an astral projection. Or like, something. if you ask like, him today, he really might not remember the last round of that fight. Yeah, because he was he. That was a man who was coasting. Like. He 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 was barely alive. I, I wish there. Were, I want to see like a, a one of those sports science things on like how hard <laughs> Barbosa kicks, because like that spinning back kick, like the strength, the accuracy of it, like because he threw that repeatedly mm-hmm. and landed flush both times. Well, how many ever times he threw it? Yeah, um, it helps that Hooker barely like was basically on one leg for that part of the fight, so he just couldn't move out the way. And that he's not very quick. But, yeah, no, like... 
this kind of just shows how what uh, how crazy tough and fast and strong you have to be to put the type of pressure game on Edson Barboza to get him out of there. Because, like, Tony Ferguson, Kevin Lee, uh, Michael Johnson to an extent. Um, what was the other dude whose name is escaping me right now? Uh, Tony Ferguson, Kevin Lee, Khabib. Like, so... Out of all those people, Ferg's and uh, Ferg's was the only one to stand with him, and Johnson, Ferg's and Johnson were the only people to stand with him for all the entirety of their fights. And it's just a crazy amount of effort to like. It takes a crazy amount of effort to break Edson Barboza. Like we all kind of have the same image of him as the guy from who Jamie Varner or was it Varner? Yeah, yeah Jamie Varner just <laughs> marched down, but he's not like that anymore. Like. You have to be on your game, and you have to do the, the right things because no matter what, you're going to eat damage. Like, Tony Ferguson got the crap beat out of him basically up until the very last second of the fight when Barboza just panic shot on the takedown because Ferguson just refused to go away. Like, yeah, he even I guess could be. Like, in the third round, he was still out there. He was still throwing with everything he had. He man and he managed to hurt Kevin Lee. So like, I don't know. It, it just feels uh, Hooker for all, as good as he's looked. He's more of a um, a sniper than he is somebody who's going to put volume on you and get you out of there that way. And it kind of showed here because like his head movement was gone by the second round. Like. He, yeah. he, the zombie mode was in. He he was in. He was in a cruise yeah, control. Like, just he he he's very much from the school of um, I guess like Conor McGregor, where like you land the straight hand and then you bounce out of range. Like you don't you don't move your head like the traditional way, I guess. Where like you you, you bend at the knees and you fold at the hips and then you're over your lead or back foot. Like he's not that type of guy. He just bounces out of range. And Barbosa got rid of that by kicking his leg like a thousand times. Oof. Like I I I'm legitimately worried about the longevity of Dan Hooker and like his quality of life after that fight. Like that that was probably the yeah. worst I've ever seen somebody's body get mangled like that. Yeah. And like just repeated shots over and over. I mean and, and props to him just for he was trying to tough it out, man, but they 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 could have threw in a towel at at, at one of those points because like that last body shot kind of like uh, sequence, he'll he'll like get hit. He leans over like he's just about to fall over and die. He finds a way to stand back up, eats some shots, catches some hands, gets hit to the body again, and he leans over again. And it just, it looks really, really bad. Yeah. And then, yeah, he caught that last flurry to the body, and he just kind of folded. Like, the referee, it, it, like, he had that look in his eye, like, this is going to go on as long as you keep walking forward. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, yeah. And I actually just saw uh, on Twitter as we're recording, um, he, uh, Hooker apparently stayed an extra night in the hospital. He had a concussion. <sighs> 
So. Yeah, that's a fight that probably could have been stopped after the second round, to be honest with you. Because he, the way he collapsed in his corner, yeah, like he, he, that didn't need to happen. Yeah. And this, once again, kind of to your point earlier, speaks to how talented this division is. This is a man who was on a streak, man. Hooker had everything in the world going for him. And then you run into Barboza, and, you know, this this happened. Right. So, the, the road... The the road up lightweight is not good good luck. Just best Godspeed to everybody who's trying to make it up the ladder. Cause man, you 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 run into a guy that kicks that hard and Jesus Christ. But props to Barboza, man. This this fight I think kind of lived up to the bill. But man, if you're a Hooker fan, this this oof, this hurts. This definitely hurts. But. Great, great fight, man. Great display of heart from Hooker. And for Barboza, just... We, we know what Barboza's capable of when he's on his A-game. And he he gave us all that. And the only thing he didn't do was land the spinning the, the spinning kick. He threw it, though. He just didn't land it. But yeah. Props to Barboza. Awesome co-main event. Um, very, very violent. Um, moving on. Bantamweight fight. Rob Font. Sergio Pettis. Sergio Pettis moving up to bantamweight after it seems like flyweight is eventually gonna go uh, over yonder. Um, man, oh man! This is <laughs> this is going to be a reoccurring theme for a lot of those dudes who try to move up, and they they, they just yeah. don't have that range game. Like they don't have that game that is based around closing distance. Like I. Uh, I don't even know if he's going to do well, but like Joseph Benavidez has that game, but he's older now and he's less explosive than he used to be, so who knows? But like Sergio Pettis, his entire game is built around him being the longer dude who can neutralize you at range. Rob Font, for all his flaws, is probably the best one-two puncher at Bantamweight. In terms of just like keeping guys at the end of his range, at the end of his power shots, especially that jab. And he beat the crap out of Pettis. Like yeah. It, yeah he, it, he boxed his face. Yeah, off. like had the entire <laughs> right side of his face just swollen and uh, bleeding and lumpy. And it's just like, there's, there's no good matchups for you beyond this point. Like, Everybody can wrestle. Everybody's either really long or really athletic. Like, what do you have to offer to keep guys off you? Yeah, especially because Pettis is one of those guys we've said as a criticism of him before. He never really like asserts himself in a fight. He just kind of goes out there, and if what's working's working, then cool. But if not, he doesn't really. There's no like extra gear that he's ever really shown us. And boy, yeah, in this fight, boy, did it show because just jab, 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 <laughs> jab, <laughs> one, two, jab. Oh, you're still here, jab. And then like... the takedowns. <laughs> and he was so much stronger than Sergio. Like, yeah, this fight was a, a clinic. And like, I was, I was so like emotionally torn in this fight because on one hand, like. Rob Font put on like a flawless performance. Like 
he did everything but get the finish. I mean, he put on a boxing clinic on Sergio. And then, like you said, mixed in with the takedowns. He was clearly the stronger fighter. And then, but, like, I'm watching this fight, and I'm like, Rob Font's doing really good. And then I'm looking at Sergio, and I'm like, like, I, I like Sergio. Like, I want Sergio to do well. Like, I want him to stay around. But I look at this fight, and I'm like, dude, if you couldn't get past Font, and not as a slight to Font, but I'm like, how, <laughs> if you don't do some kind of drastic change, I don't know how you're going to survive. Like, I just, I don't, I don't see it. I, I don't know, because Bantamweight is slowly becoming another one of those divisions where, like, they're killers everywhere. Like, just because you're fighting somebody not in, like, that top 10, they're still good. So it's not, you know... It's not, yeah, like, like real quick, who in the top 10 that Bantamweight, like, is the best... Who 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 is Sergio Pettis? Who does Sergio Pettis measure up against best at the top ten at um at like uh, at for bantamweight? That's, uh, it's that's, it's uh, Dillashaw, Garbrandt, Cruz, Asuncao, Moraes, Rivera, Lineker, Sterling, Dotson, Munoz, Font. Mm. <laughs> Man, um. I don't think, I don't know if he beats any of them. Like, yeah, that is, um. Like, I, I can't see him doing what he does and just out, keeping guys at the end of his range for 15 minutes and then expecting a win. Like, those are all dynamic I, athletes who have finishing potential and can close distance and, or are just longer than him and can take him down. The only two. I give him like a slight chance would be Munoz and Dotson. Dotson only because he he's like iffy sometimes. With right. Me. Sometimes I don't know what like I feel like he might just be able to catch Dotson on a bad day and like eke out a bad split decision. Um. So maybe Dotson. I can't even say 100% confidence with Munoz. But like, I think Munoz catches him and knocks him out or yeah. submits him or something yeah. like. And don't even get me started on Lineker and <laughs> Rivera. <laughs> don't even mention the top five because those are all. Like Moraes? Like oh, my God. He... Kill him. <laughs> he would literally murder him. Yeah. Uh, man. Even outside of the top ten. like Cody Stamen. Cody Stamen, that's not an easy Thomas fight. Thomas Almeida is not an easy fight Maybe. for him. Douglas Silva de Andrade is not an easy fight by any means. Hani Yaya. Hani Yaya. Like, Jusier Formiga was able to get his back. Hani Yaya, one of the best submission artists in the game, breaks him down and subs yeah. him. Yeah. That, and, that, and that was my thought, like, watching this fight. Like, man, like, it's... Sergio's getting handled. I don't want to see these other flyweights if if what we think is going to happen, you know, inevitably happens that they, you know, the ones that can move up the bantamweight move up. And then it, you know, I, I feel like maybe if, <laughs> if this was like five or six years ago, back when bantamweight was still kind of 
still getting his feet wet. Like it was top heavy, but you you got towards like the bottom half of like the top ten, and it was it was kind of Scott Jorgensen yeah. and yeah, Ryan Bowles. <laughs> like that era. Yeah, like that era. Sergio might have been okay in. Now is this it's... era? Yeah, it's different. It's 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 completely different. Man, yeah, I I feel bad for these flyweights, man, because I don't I don't want to see this. I mean, luckily there there are probably a couple flyweights who, when they go up to bantamweight, they you know may, maybe they'll keep some size. Like Figueroa is a pretty big flyweight. He might be he might be okay at bantamweight. The guys who are able to transition their style over really well, like John Lineker was able, like he realized, hey, I'm not, I was never really quick at flyweight. But the energy, the, like I can now throw like an extra five punches on every combination, or like John right. Dotson was like, I'm really quick, I can get in and out, and I might not be knocking these guys out like I was at flyweight, but I I I, I should I should be able to evade everything they're doing, and like dance around them like he did Eddie Wineland or something. So those guys should be fine. Like I don't know how many of them there are though. Like. I, like yeah. Dustin Ortiz, I don't see that going like a move up to 135 going well for him. Yeah. I'd say outside of Davison, uh, Figueroa, possibly Benavidez, just because he already has that experience. Um, I, I guess um, uh, Cejudo. Like Cejudo is just a dynamic enough athlete and a yeah, ridiculous his, his wrestler. Skill set so. and, yeah. Yeah, his skill set will, will, will. And even then, like we don't expect. I don't think me or you expect him to do well against CJ Dillashaw. I think he'll have like a decent first round, and then after that, I don't. Uh, I, yeah, don't know. I, I question <laughs> the depth of his game. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's not looking good for any of these flyweights who got to move up. But all the props in the world to Rob Font, boy, that was. Hands on hands, on top of more hands, <laughs> on top of more hands. Um, and he gets a dominant uh, unanimous decision. And to round out four-fight main card, uh, rematch between Charles Dubronx Oliveira and Jim Miller. Um, boy, was this fight uh, ended really quick. <laughs> Dubronx got a takedown. Slammed Jim Miller, took took him for a little little ride, and uh, we already know. Even though Miller does have a really good ground, they both have really good ground games. But you know, the Dubronx I think has gotten a lot better since then. Uh, like Dubronx when he fought for his Miller, it's like twenty. Yep. Yeah, he he was a kid basically in in, in fight years. So you you couldn't even really count the the first fight because they really they both changed since then. Like they've both, you know, com- completely different fighters but I, I would say Oliveira probably a bit more improved a bit more I think he's made bigger strides I, would I mean say. Jim Miller had Lyme uh, disease yeah uh, in, in yeah, the intervening yeah. years like dude and he's like 35 he's on the decline yeah so but Oliveira took him down really quick <laughs> he's like you sub me in two minutes I'm gonna sub you in like 60 seconds and he almost did it yeah got him in a, a minute and 15 and like I said, that, that streak of all-time submissions, he's going to blow that streak off. He already got it. 
Yeah, but he's just gonna keep adding. He's gonna he's running up the uh, scoreboard. It might get to thirty. Like, he might get to twenty. Yeah, because he's at six sixteen. Yep. Yeah, yeah, twenty twenties. Because he's still really young. He's he's still pretty young. He's got time. Uh, twenty is not far fetched at all. Um. So yeah, he got a pretty easy win over Miller. Not really a ton of dust that because it was pretty quick. Um. I wish he would chill out with the flop, not the flop. Featherweight talk. Featherweight talk. Yeah, we. Well, we he came that. in at 152 pounds to make a point. <laughs> I don't know what that point was because he he threw around a a career 155er. Yeah. And the thing is, like, I, I feel like now that he's gotten older, like he's still like skinny and like lanky, but to me, he does look like he's filled out. Oh yeah. Like, cause if, yeah, if you watch him in his first couple fights, he was a twig out there. But he he looks like he's 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 grown into like his grown man body. Exactly. And yeah, just just stay at fifty five, bro. Just please, don't 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 call out Max Holloway. Don't do that. <laughs> don't, don't you had your chance, and you tore your esophagus. Like, let it go. Yeah. But uh, that was the main card. Um, and actually, you know what? Since we're doing pretty good on time, real quick, um, I'll talk about two of these prelims. Um, well, I'll, I'll just read the results. Though, but Zach Otto defeated Dwight Grant via split decision. Um, not, I'm not really gonna go into that fight. Um, but Jakar uh, Close and Bobby Green. Did you watch? Did you get a chance yes. to watch this? Bobby Green should have won. This was fun. <clears throat> yeah, this 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 was a. I felt bad. I felt really bad for Bobby because I, I was listening to the commentary and they were like, um, like he um he started like a new strengthening and conditioning program and he did look a little, he looked a little bigger, a little more, like he packed on a little bit of muscle, a little bit of mass. Um, but no, nah, th- this was a really fun fight. I thought Bobby had a, a really good performance. Really, it was a good showing from both of them. Um, yeah, man. I I, I thought Bobby would have got the nod, but he lost twenty nine twenty eight across the board um did you see what he posted on IG? Post. yeah he said he's retired uh, makes me sad yeah hey, bobby green just like one of the bizarre row mma careers like and sad like obviously talented dude can't get out of his own head sometimes out here having competitive fights with edson barboza and Rashid Magomedov, um, tore his ACL, lost his brother to gang violence, almost lost his other brother to gang violence, had a hit on his head in the middle of his UFC career, and was, like, forced to sleep on his, like, coach's couch to avoid, like, getting murdered. Like, dude has had a crazy-ass career. Um, if this is it, that sucks, but, like, do what you gotta do to be happy. Yeah, Yeah, he, uh, yeah, he posted on IG, uh, I don't know if it was last night or just, like, early this morning, but he was like, yeah, you know, like, he thought he won a decision, um, but, you know, I guess, you know, it kind of is what it is. Well, no, it did sound like he felt some kind of way about the judges, but basically he was like, you know, this sport, you know, it's been great, but, you know, taking time away from family, he's got kids, so he wants to, you know, spend more time with his kids, and, you know, do do the whole family thing, and and I, I'll at least say for Bobby, um, I've I've never at least that I can think of off the top top of my head really seen like a bad Bobby Green fight. I mean, 
more often, more or I'll say more often than not, I feel like his fights are they're fun, they're competitive. Uh, they're, people they're didn't like the Thompson fight and the Magomedov fight, but like for the most part, like when he's on, like we get stuff like the Venata fight and the Coke fight, what he did to Pat Healy, yeah. like that type of stuff. That's great. Yeah, he's had some really good performances, and you know, he was one of those guys who came over from Strike Force. Um, I, I think he had a pretty a pretty solid career. Like, obviously, I, I feel like he could have done a bit more, but, you know, just the nature of the game, man, sometimes it just, you know, things just don't go your way all the time. But, I mean, if he did retire, man, best of luck to him and, and whatever he chooses to do after. And at least, like, he re- if, if he has retired, because I, I still take fighters saying they retire with a grain of salt. But... You know, you retire while you're still young. You know, ho- hopefully you haven't taken a, you know, too too much damage. You're still coherent, like you're still you healthy. Go find something else to do and dedicate your life to. So. Yeah. So, yeah. So if, if this is indeed the last we've seen of him, you know, best of luck. Um, and I, I've enjoyed watching the fight, man. And like I said, the times he's been on, he's put on really good performances. Uh, he, he's been an entertaining fighter. I, I've enjoyed his game and watching him fight. Uh, but uh, props to Jakar Close, though. He he did get the unanimous decision, 29-28 across the board. Um, so shout-out to him. Uh, the next fight I want to mention, which got fight of the night, uh, Joaquin Silva and Jared Gordon. Uh, punches and bunches. <laughs> this was a really fun I don't know, like, if, if you would have showed me this card and asked me what would have got fight in the night, I don't know if this is the fight I would have, like, immediately drawn, uh, you know, drew my eyes I, I probably would have said, like, a performance of the night, because Silva's, like, Silva is in that um, Diego Santos live by the sword, die by the sword school of fighting. But, I don't think, yeah, I, I don't, I did expect this. Yeah, they, they both were, it was, it was, it was, it was. We're throwing for blood. We're playing for keeps. <laughs> we we going for it all, man. These two came out and put on a really, really great fight. And my guy, that last KO sequence, the, the standing KO, where like <laughs> Joaquin just unleashes a combination on him, and Jared is standing against the cage, but like the whole upper half of his body is slumped over, but his legs are just kind of keeping him afloat. Um. No, this was a really, really fun fight. Um, go back if you can and watch. Oh yeah, that. definitely worthy of fighter tonight. Like those dudes came in and, like we said, all of the lightweights on this card, all of them put on good performances. Like all of the lightweight fights were really good, and this, this was probably the best one. Yeah. Well, they got fighter tonight, so it got them extra fifty. Joaquin Silva, Joaquin <laughs> Silva, just pointing to the ground, and saying. We're we're gonna live and die here, right? And Jared's like, "Oh, we're Jared Gordon <laughs> wanting no part of that." Like you could see it in his <laughs> eyes, and he shot for a takedown. He was like, "He's for the love of God, just stop." <laughs> we should mention this is a comeback victory. What keeps Silva almost got knocked out in the f- opening minutes of the first round, and then uh, like in like somewhere in the, in the back half of the round, landed a right hand into a flying knee. <laughs> 
Oh yeah, and his cauliflower ear got busted. Yeah. Open. Yeah. Completely just because he threw, he got it. I think Gordon caught him with a right. It busted the cauliflower ear, and then the, the knee came like not long. Oh, after. so he almost got like a knee bar from the back. Now. Oh. <laughs> I was trying to think of a name for that submission because it looked really That's weird. Because like it was a knee bar, but he had like, it's like he like he folded his body up. Pretty, I was gonna call it. I'm a, pretty sure it's the Suliev stretch. Cause it it that looked really uncomfortable, and and luckily for, luckily that that was at like the end of the round. Cause I think had that, if that round would have lasted maybe like another five seconds. Yeah, he would. Dude, he was already screaming. I'm surprised he didn't like. You could hear him like grunting because of the pain. yeah. Because his his knee was like up to like <laughs> shoulder. Yeah. yeah, it was bad. Um, but no, nah, amazing fight, and I'm I'm glad that I'm glad that those two got fighter tonight because I think we've seen other cards where like lesser known fighters will put on an amazing fight, and they might get overshadowed by like main card fighters because they're main card mm-hmm. fighters, and you know, they, they might, and not, not to say that the main car fighters don't deserve it, but they, they kind of, like, overshadow the little guy, so to speak. So, it was good to see Silva and Gordon, who aren't, like, really huge names, get fight of the night. You know, guys who probably really need that 50 Gs got, got that 50 Gs. So, um, yeah, uh, big, big, big props to them, man. That, that was a really good fight. Uh, and just, I'll just quickly move down the ladder. Um. Uh, the rest of the car. Jack Hermanson uh, bullied <laughs> Gerald Mershart into a guillotine choke via submission. That That's the most dominant Hermanson performance I think I've ever seen. He uh, he gave him the little brother treatment. Uh, Zach Cummings defeated Trevor Smith uh, via unanimous decision. Dan, is it Ige? Always, I never know how to say his last name. I think it's Ige. Ige uh, defeated Jordan Griffin via unanimous decision. Uh, at 205 in the fight path prelims, uh, Mike Rodriguez uh, put on a good performance, defeated Adam Milstead uh, via TKO. Um, I need to go back and watch that fight. I did, wanted to see that finish. Uh, but uh, shout-outs to Milstead. He uh, he retired. He actually posted before this fight that it had, if he lost uh, to Rodriguez, he would retire. And uh, he put his gloves in the cage uh, at the end. So, you know, shout-outs to him. Best of luck in, you know, future endeavors. And Juan Adams, who I want to say he was on the contender series, yes. right? Um, remains undefeated, uh, defeats Chris De La Roca via TKO in round three. I need to go back and watch that fight. I had it on, but um, I think I was watching something else at the same time. Um, but shout out to Juan Adams. He came from the contender series. Um, I think he's 4-0 or maybe 5-0 now um, in his career. But, you know, just good to see one of the contender series guys, uh, you know, coming, especially at heavyweight. And a division that needs any new face it can get, um, you know, coming in and got a solid win. So shout outs to, to Juan Adams. And uh, yeah, that was UFC on Fox, um, the last Fox card. So um, it's kind of wild, man. We <laughs> this year of MMA, we've gotten a lot of wild fights, and now we're coming to like end of eras. Like HBO's gone, Fox is out of here, and then we're starting new eras. We got the zone popping off, uh, one championship. You know they're they're gonna have a lot going on next year, and then the UFC is, you know, kicking off this this ESPN uh ESPN deal mm-hmm. next year. So, you know, 2018 
like I said, another another wild chapter going on in uh the, the world of MMA in 2019. I'm pretty sure we'll carry the baton. And John Jones is even back yet. Right. We have not finished. And yeah, that's what I wanted to say. So as far as what will be on this podcast for the remaining, because uh, so we, we're winding down 2018. Um, we only have one. Um, well, we got Jones Gus on December 29th. PFL comes back on the 31st. And then we'll also have Ryzen. Uh, that's the 31st, right? That's the 31st, and there is apparently a card on the actual January 1st, but it's currently at the moment not available to um, U.S. people outside of Japan. From what, I'm under, from what I understand, there's a petition going around for um, for Ryzen to put it on Fight TV, but I'm not... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did see somebody. Uh, but I'm not, I'm, not putting a, I'm not putting down an extra 20 bucks, so... Yeah, so, but... Yeah, so we have a, well, by the time you guys hear this, it'll probably be, I guess, probably like Tuesday. So you guys are either hear this either Monday or Tuesday, so it should be either the 17th or 18th when you guys are listening. So there are no cards this weekend. Uh, of course, we got Christmas weekend. So I'm not sure if we'll scrap together, if I can just think of like a fun idea of something to just shoot a nonsense show on Saturday. If you don't hear from us together at the dojo talk podcast i might just use this weekend since it's open to do a solo podcast of my top 20 albums of the year i'll try to put out something this weekend uh something some some you guys can can listen to um but i guess if you don't hear from us uh together this weekend as the dojo talk podcast the next time you'll hear from us will be that following weekend so that would be the 30th after the jones fight goes down um, so I guess I'll have to wish you guys a Merry Christmas early because you may not potentially hear from both of us until after Christmas so yeah Merry Christmas Happy Kwanzaa yeah Happy Kwanzaa Happy New Year be nice to people Tis the season of giving you know be be kind to each other help people out you know all, all that good stuff and hopefully it's not too cold where you're at um, but uh yeah so <clears throat> And we'll we'll start 2019 probably covering Rising, um, uh, and then we'll do our Dojo Talk Podcast Award Show, and then I'll figure out how to do the rest of. We'll, we'll, we'll you know how we do on this podcast. January's we'll gonna be weird. We'll, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this, yeah, yeah. Up and, until um, Brooklyn and Fedor and all that good stuff. Yeah, yeah. January is gonna be a interesting year um I, well i guess we'll, i'll let you guys know beforehand even though well we've kind of many addresses for so the anti-cool will not be covering the brooklyn card is that no not the brooklyn, yes that brooklyn card? yeah yeah that's that uh, pure spite uh, yeah he he will not uh be here for that so i i don't know if i'll go solo if i'll drag joey into this if he wants to um, but I'll, I'll drag my feet along and i'll i'll, I'll be here for that card so I'll, I'll figure out something to do uh for that but either way you know you, you guys will still be hearing from us the sport never lets us sleep so I'm, like i said i'm going to try to put out something this weekend since there are no cards so I'll, i don't know if i'll just come up with an idea for something fun something we don't really got to stress over this weekend or i'll just use that time to do my favorite 20 albums of the year so give me some time to actually work on that but you'll be hearing from us soon and but like i said if you don't hear from both of us at the dojo talk podcast 
uh, before next year. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year's, Happy Holidays, you know, you guys be safe, and all that good stuff. But, as always, to uh, close out the show, uh, parting shots and shoutouts. So, a couple of shoutouts I have uh, going back to the Invicta FC card um, on their prelims which aired on Facebook, which I forgot was still a thing. Um, Chantel Coates uh, got the fastest KO in Invicta history, uh, which was a 28-second uh, KO over Ashlyn Kleinbeck. Um, I think she caught her with her right hand and just kind of floored her. Uh, so shout-out to Chantel Coates making history. And um, so, yeah, shout-out to her. Go, oh, I don't know where you can watch that fight. You can probably, I know Facebook. the KO's on Twitter. Okay, alright, so, yeah, go watch it's it on, on the Facebook. Invicta Facebook page. Go to videos, and it should be, like, one of the most recent ones they posted. It's the one there that's, like, an hour long or something. There you go. And that fight, only only 28 seconds, she blasted, climbed back, I think, with, like, a right hand, and she she shut those lights out. So, shout-outs to her for, uh, for making history, and a black woman making history. So, right hand, putting lights out. We need more black women uh, in MMA. We do. And she, she, Angela Hill can't do it all by herself. <laughs> uh, on the college basketball tip, uh, shout outs to uh, my Tar Heels, man. They pulled the upset over Gonzaga, 103-90. to I've not been keeping up with college basketball as much as I wanted to. I started off good in the beginning of the year, and then I kind of fell off. But, you know, things never really get super crazy until March anyway. But, you know, got to give my Tar Heels a shout out for that. Um, and shout outs to Bellator Light uh, Heavyweight Linton Vassell because he was the first uh, professional follower to follow us on Instagram. So you should follow suit. Follow us on Instagram. Dodo Talk Podcast. Like I said, I don't really know what the Instagram content will be aside from posting podcasts, but I try to post something you know, a couple times a day, trying, trying to keep it somewhat active so people know we uh, um, exist. All that Don't good you stuff. love how you um, can't post links? <laughs> so I did. <laughs> this is when I had my first old man moment. So my original first post was actually a link to the last episode, and then I posted it, and then like I went back to look at the post to see how it looked. I was like, "Oh, people can't click on this." <laughs> like, "Oh, that's trash." And I deleted the. Yeah, uh, Instagram. Yeah, yeah. So um, but nah, we we you know we're on Instagram. I'm trying to. Trying to um, you you use that more. Trying trying to be more engaged on on social media. So um, uh, you know, you guys give us a follow and just you know, shout out to everybody, man, who's been listening. We're getting close to the end of the year, and uh, you know, shout out to you guys who continue to listen, continue to support, and you know, we'll uh, keep 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 bringing it on next year. And that's all I got. I, I I don't have any shots. I'll I'll be good this year. I won't uh no no shots. I want to end the year on a positive, you know, good good vibe. Um, I don't got no shots either. Uh, I feel like I should have more shots. I'm a very I'm a very angry, spiteful person. <laughs> so I feel like I should have more shots, but I don't right now. So but so instead, I will say. Go watch Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. It's amazing. I'm, I saw it 
Thursday, I'm going to go see it again sometime this week. Maybe after I'm done here. Maybe later tonight. Yeah, I'm about to say, I'm uh, I'm looking up tickets right now because that is exactly what I'm about to do within like the next three yeah, hours. Yeah, great, <laughs> great movie. Favorite Spider-Man movie. Favorite superhero movie. Um, so, I, you know, if you haven't got, if you haven't gotten to see that, go see that. Um, and shouts to Katie Taylor. Uh, we didn't get a chance to talk about her, but she fought and defended her title on the uh, the undercard for Canelo Fielding at MSG. Um, clean sweep on the cards. I think she won like ten zero. Um, defended both her titles. Um, I'm really uh, boxing is weird and it's political, so I don't know if we get the Michaela Mayer, uh, Katie Taylor fight in 2019 at the uh, the DAZN broadcast team, who are god awful. That's my shot. Sergio Mora <laughs> and whoever the hell the other guy was, I think it was Todd Grisham. Y'all are terrible. Stop talking. <laughs> like Gina Rodriguez, freaking was the best commentator on the undercard until Sugar Ray Leonard woke up from his nap and came to commentary <laughs> to save us. Like, good God. <laughs> but shout out to Katie Taylor. Uh, uh, I don't know because Mayor is, is on ESPN and I don't know how they would, you know, do that, deal with that get that fight made but um uh shouts to both women or shouts to um uh not mayor shouts to um, taylor um what else oh we should have three women uh, three minute rounds for women because like i I feel like she would have got ava wallstrom out of there if she had three minute rounds like two minute sprint rounds do i think it leads to a lot of defensiveness uh, survive to the bell. It's not a lot of time to work. It's just like a lot of volume and not a lot of strategic, strategically placing your shots. Like if you watch um, the twenty, was it twenty sixteen women's world championships and then twenty eighteen women's world championships, you see such a big difference in how the fights are actually fought. It, it like th- these things make a difference. So get, give these women three minute rounds. Stop being weird. Yeah, because it doesn't, like, because I noticed that, what what fight was up? There was some women's fight I watched as a recent, and I was like, why is this fight going by so fast? Because I didn't notice that the rounds were shorter. And then I looked, and I was like, this doesn't make, <laughs> it's not like because they're women that they don't have cardio and they're not capable of. Like, uh, it just doesn't make sense. I mean, heavyweights still have to fight three-minute rounds, and they... Yeah. Right. (laughs) If if it's anything, they're the ones who need shorter rounds. Right. Like, and... It is really bizarre, because Strikeforce used to do it back in the day with, like, the the four-minute rounds, and it's just like, guys, it's MMA. They're they're full-grown women. Let them do this. Like, come on. Yeah, don't treat them like they're... Like, like what you're doing is you're making it seem like less of a sport, which is right. wrong. And it's like they're just as they can do all of the same things. Like it's fighting. Anybody can get knocked out. Anybody can get subbed. It's not like because they're women that their skill sets are like limited. Like it's there's it no reason just to make the round shorter. Like it just it doesn't really make any sense. Right. 
Like, you're giving them special rules, like, for no reason at all. Yeah, yeah. It's stupid. It's stupid. But, um, yeah. So that's, uh, pretty much, that's uh, it for us. To, that's, it's yeah. over. <laughs> Close the curtain. We, we talked about five cards, man. Like, well. You know what? We actually still made good time. Well, we didn't talk about every fight, which, thank God. Oh yeah, cause you 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 know what inspired me to not want to talk about it. The Zach Otto versus Grant. <laughs> I didn't want to be the guy to say it, but I was watching that fight, especially it was like after the first round. I was like, ah, yeah, I'm not trying to. No, I'm not rewatching this. I, I kind I'm kind of sad we didn't talk about every fight, so I couldn't talk about how about how surprised I was that Zach Cummings was not middleweight the entire time. Because he he is th- those are some big dad vibes, man. <laughs> yeah. you, you look at this man, you're like this man has at least two children. Oh yeah, he's 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 a barbecue fight league material all the way, all all the way. He's definitely fighting for the exactly crowd. and the family, <laughs> the other family. Right. <laughs> There's a man who, if he fought in the barbecue fight league, he'd have multiple families. Yeah. <laughs> he's number one contender just off rip just you just look at him like yeah you're fighting for the title you just you have the barbecue fight league look you fit you fit the mold but um <laughs> yeah that's um that's uh pretty much it for today's episode but yeah like i said man um just in case like it's uh a while before you guys uh hear from us uh together uh, again uh, if you're listening to this on Tumblr, if you vacate Tumblr, like I said, be sure to follow us on all socials. I'll have links posted to follow us on Instagram. We've got the Facebook page. Uh, we're both on Twitter. Um, SoundCloud, Spotify, yeah, SoundCloud, yeah, Spotify, MySpace, Twitter, iTunes, <laughs> LinkedIn, like Google uh, City Pages, Geo Pages. Yeah, you can catch us on yeah. there. We're we're everywhere. Can I make us a wiki page? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I gotta see if I can. Can I create my own? Let's see if I can all, do that. All, all I'll say is 2019 Barbecue Fight League TV channel deal coming soon. Oh, yeah. It's, it's in the Merch works. And, oh, oh. It's coming. We're, it's coming. We're, talk, we're talking to people. Making calls, securing investments. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know if these people ever get their money back, but <laughs> we're gonna be on the golf channel, the outdoor channel. Uh, what's another dad channel? I feel like somehow that fits in National Geographic, and I don't. Know. Uh, well, Nat Geo is a little too high, a little too ritzy for the barbecue fight league. So what it says Spike back in the day, but we'll be on Vice. Hmm. Vice has heavy divorce single dad vibes <laughs> yeah. to it, so I, I can see that happening. There you go. We'll be we'll be on Vice. Well, uh, yeah, we'll 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 have that uh, bar- bar- barbecue the, fight the, league, but uh, not nah, the you, Playboy you... channel. Uh, you know, all the important ones. Sponsored by Cam. Exactly. Maybe Cam. Uh, hmm. Hmm. Nah. <laughs> I was gonna say maybe we could get a deal with Cam so I'm like, let's be real. They're not into barbecues. 
Oh man, I don't want to go to another side wreck. Supposed to be closing, but that just made me think about the bare knuckle fight league. You hear that they haven't gotten paid yet? Expect <laughs> <laughs> to get paid? Uh. <laughs> oh god, never trust anybody from Wyoming. Like, yeah. I know we rag on it. I rag on the state a lot. It is very lovely. Don't trust people from Wyoming. What's wrong with you? Yeah, they went and put their knuckles on the line, and they have not gotten any uh, any compensation. Now you don't. Now you can't freaking run with pens. Now how you feel? You can't close <laughs> your hands. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, man. Um, you guys just give us follows on on all socials, man. We'll we'll, we'll be here. So give us a follow. Buy my book, The All About Chronicles, for nine ninety cents, and then go on, not. I said nine ninety cents. 99 cents and then go on amazon and say nice things about it because it'll make me happy and you know i hope you guys have a great christmas happy new year happy kwanzaa be nice to each other hope all your gifts are wait the wbkf president is boss rooting Boss, you better move some use that money for those exercise systems wait are these freaking karate people getting paid the the, the the karate combat people are they getting paid or is just nobody listening to they them? bet one you know what I feel like the karate combat like one of those rich smug people in the background just throws like a hundred dollars he he like just flails it in the air after the fight so like here peasant just you did good today he like tucks it in his gi go <laughs> right. take oh, this I'll oh, spend it all at responded. once as you can read in the statement uh that statement that the owner Tom was in the hospital a week before the fight because of all the crap that happened, the stress Paul Tyler has inflicted, and Tom's health is not doing better. So I've been trying to get a hold of him since yesterday, and all, he just called me back saying he went to home early because it's driving him nuts. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He just assured me the fighters will be paid 100% certain. Also, the cars, Mustangs, that were promised to Julian Lane and Joey Angelo will be there once they get in, go through inspection. These cars are one-of-a-kind cars, special engine custom rims, uh, wrap around it, etc. They just need inspection because, before they get okay. That's why it's a time has his mind only on getting money for the fighters. It unfortunately is taking longer. Boss, you should have had a proofreader. So basically, the owner of the the whatever the money man at the World Box uh, Bare Knuckle Fighting Federation was in the hospital allegedly, and is just now getting out allegedly, it is now just like the cars didn't even get they got repossessed, meaning nobody paid for them. <laughs> that guy caught strep throat and he got out of here. <laughs> He saw the checks wasn't adding up. He was like, oh, cough, cough. Yeah, I'm out. I'm good. Have fun, boss. Grifter. Hope, hope. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. But, those uh, $20 that you got off the industry was worth it. <laughs> but, <laughs> if this is the last time you guys hear from us, like I said, man, Happy New Year's. You know, Merry Christmas. 2019 we'll be doing more with the podcast there's a reason i joined instagram i'm gonna, gonna try to get some more interviews uh popping next year 
But uh, just stay tuned in, man. SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, YouTube, Spotify, Instagram, questions at Dojo Talk Podcast at Yahoo.com. Follow me on Twitter at Serial Sensei. And hit us up on Facebook at the Dojo Talk Podcast Facebook page. So until next time, man, as always, anytime people are being punched and or kicked in the face, we will be there to talk about it. This has been episode 114 of the Dojo Talk Podcast. And until next time, Merry Christmas, and we will catch you guys later.